so you want to talk for a sec? Hello, and welcome to the Zero Stars Podcast, a podcast about Marvel movies and Marvel movies, because today it's about the biggest, the boldest, and maybe the best Marvel movie, Avengers Endgame. That's true. That's my what name we're is Bob. About. Oh yeah, my name is Matt. And we introduce ourselves on this show. We've been doing it for an entire Marvel movie's worth of podcast episodes. <laughs> we get so many new listeners to each episode that we need to always reintroduce ourselves. I think that they're probably thrown by the fact that we sound remarkably similar. Do you think we sound similar? I don't think we do, but people say we do. Really? Yeah. I can always tell us apart. Yeah, because one of us is you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, before we get into Avengers Endgame... I, uh, before we enter the Endgame. Before we enter the Endgame, I have uh, a quick question for you. Please. How many, I've got nothing but time. Um, how many of the Marvel movies, of the 22 Marvel movies we have seen, contain flashbacks? So out of 22. Does the opening of Iron Man... Iron Man has a flashback. Because the opening happens, and then we flash back to before the opening. So technically it has a flash forward, I would say. No, because... I'd say that the opening is a flash forward. But it's complicated. Are you counting that? Um, I made this list a long time ago, but no, I don't think I did count that. So this this list is one short. Well, okay. If you want to count that, then What's a I will count that. I was considering you a flashback. It to a be flashback has to be that like you create you create a, a a timeline, and then that is the primary timeline, and the flashback uh would be ancillary to that timeline because that timeline takes up more time. I'm gonna get say used, get used I'm to all say these words. Fifteen of them. Uh no, it's not fifteen. It's twelve. Okay. Yeah. Um, but still a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guess what the which movie has the furthest back flashback? Probably Thor. Thor has a flashback to nine fifty six A.D. Yeah, is not the furthest flashback. Really? Yeah. Guardians. No. Thor the Dark World. Guardians is like <laughs> 1988. Thor the Dark World has a flashback that predates all of this because Thor was alive in 956 AD. Yeah. But um, he was very young, I believe. Mm, interesting. Uh, Thor the Dark World has a flashback to Odin's dad mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the war against the elves. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, it predates Christ to such a degree that we can't even, it might be before it's the Big before Bang. It's before time. Yeah. Yeah. We created time <laughs> in that moment. Whoa. Yeah, it's a lot of flashbacks, man. Well, especially if you think about Captain Marvel. Strap in. Actually, Captain Marvel might make it thirteen. We are about to go to Flashback City. Oh yeah, this is going to well, be. Well, and not even. It's kind of weird. It's 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 it, it's playing. It, it seems to me that this movie is in so many ways a meta commentary on the arc of oh, the definitely. Avengers movies, including their penchant for flashbacks, yes. because we have we we like a hundred percent have flashbacks, and we have flashbacks within flashbacks. Yeah, the, the, or you jump from one flashback <laughs> to a literal other flashback while maintaining a continuity. I'm going to tell you right now, viewer, listener, beloved friend, and companion on this journey, you're going to be confused by what we are about to do because we're going to try and recap this movie for you. But good golly, 
We're going to be all over the place. Yeah. It is a uh, we're going to do our best. I uh I've done my best to structure a recap yeah. that will keep some of the more confusing as, parts. As the scribe yes, in this as, organization, you have written up the, a very helpful uh I don't know, small novella <laughs> that articulates what happened in this film. Uh, uh, I've seen this movie twice. We watched yes. it one night, and then I just watched it the next night because I had this strange compulsion to. That's very impressive to me. It was really easy because it just involved me sitting on my couch and running guitar scales while Avengers Endgame happened. And spoiler alert, I enjoy this movie. I liked it too. Yeah. Well, Did we don't want to, I mean, no, we kind of want to bury the yeah. lead here. We want it to be a little exciting for the yeah. viewer. Um, okay, let's just jump right into it, right? All right. This is 2019's Avengers Endgame, directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, and written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McBeely. What are they famous for, Matt? They are also famous for Thor The Dark World. Oh, is that a, a Marvel film? It is a Marvel film. Is it a popular one? You know, it's widely regarded to be the worst Marvel film. It's interesting. Outside of maybe <laughs> The Incredible Hulk. It is interesting that all of the people who have made those lists could be so wrong. It is consistently shocking to me. I know, because it's good. It's a great movie. And also, if you... It's not a great movie. It's a good movie. It's a... It's a very good movie. It's a very enjoyable movie, and I think that we need to let people know that, and that if you like this movie, go check that out again, because the same minds what brought you Thor The Dark World delivered Avengers Endgame. Cold open. Yeah, we're at the uh, Barton Homestead somewhere in uh, America Town. Midwest state. Yeah. Uh, and Clinton Barton is having a good old cookout with his family while he's teaching his, his daughter to, to bow and arrow. And who is Clint? Oh, he is Hawkeye. Okay. Do we ever call him Hawkeye? Uh, I think we call him many things. Uh, I always want to say Clint Hawking. But it is not. Yeah, I know. That's, and, but that is a, a zero stars confluence, I think, Indeed. in many ways. So, uh, you know, it's funny because we actually didn't even comment on the fact that Hawkeye did not appear in the previous movie. Totally absent from Infinity and War. And it didn't phase us at all because, let's be real, we kind of don't like Hawkeye that much. The weakest Avenger in every regard. And this movie, oh, de- will, this movie will try to make to change your mind on that and over and over again. In this again. opening, it sort of did. Yes, it, this opening actually made me not like Jeremy Renner, I liked but him. tolerate. I, I was into it. <laughs> So yeah, in the, so he's he's just it's, he's having family time. Linda Cardellini. They're grilling. Linda Cardellini's too good for him. Good God, you're telling me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're grilling up a storm. They're they're shooting some arrows, uh, and then he goes and like has his his daughter like run and do something, and then he turns around and his wife and his sons have disappeared. He turns around, his daughter's gone. Yeah, the snap has happened. And we know, but he doesn't know. Statistically, it was unfortunate for him because he's the only one in his family who survived. So that's bad for him. Yeah. We then cut to the Marvel title card. Yes. With like flipping pages, all that stuff. And we're feeling good. Dude, you know, these movies. It's, it's about to one up Hawkeye in my mind in a little bit by making me like a, uh, I'm not spoiling, I'm just teasing, but it's going to make me like a character I like even less than Hawkeye, more than oh, I like yeah, Hawkeye. Oh, yeah, we're going to get there. Yeah. But, but. At this moment, you know, they're showing me this Marvel title card, and this entire experiment is totally worth it, and I'm 100% sold. Yes. And they put some, like, 70s jams over it, right? Because, as we'll see in a second, we're in space on a ship formerly inhabited by the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it's called the Benatar. Uh, <laughs> I learned this from reading the script. Is that true? <laughs> it's called the Benatar. That's so awesome. I know. Uh, so they're playing this music, and at this point, I'm like, stop, Russo Brothers. I'm already dead. <laughs> 
<laughs> we it's very are, good. We are maybe two minutes into this film, and I'm already emotionally bereft. Um, yeah, Tony is on the Benatar, and it's Tony and Nebula, the only survivors of the Snap who are on the planet Titan at the end of uh, Avengers Infinity War. and Which is Oxygen, where they fought against Thanos and tried to get the glove off of him, but they failed. But they failed. Um, oxygen is running low. Uh, Tony needs oxygen. Nebula does not because she is mostly machine at this point, one assumes. Almost entirely. Like yeah. That. To, but they both seem to need to eat or something. No, no, she she doesn't let him feed her. She he tries to give her chips. Like, why does he try and give her chips? Because he's an he's, just, he's a nice he doesn't guy. get it. Yeah, I guess he doesn't. He's get a, it. never forget that Tony Stark is a human being who is seeing things he should never have seen. As a man who is also part machine at one point, though, I think it is interesting that the two of them are stranded there. Oh yeah, yeah. And they're having this, and he's like doing this voiceover, and you yeah, do get the sense pepper. that Tony Stark is really coming to grips with the fact that maybe Tony Stark tangled with powers that were. A bit above his pay grade. Yeah. He's keeping it light, even in these final moments, as like he can kind of barely keep a train of thought. He's still cracking wise. He's still the, the Tony that we know and I and do love. Yes, yeah. Um, And so uh, he just like passes out at a certain point. Nebula takes him and puts him like in the, in like, a chair to, to look out at to look the at light it. years yeah. away version of earth that is just t- completely invisible because they're just stranded in space so tony is dying and then we see like a glimmer on the horizon and in comes uh captain marvel who we just we met just in met. the previous yeah movie. we just met in the previous movie uh so brie larson is there and she picks up the ship and she's gonna she's gonna take it places um, I assume that she also breathes oxygen into the ship. I don't know how fast she can travel or what the deal is. I also wondered that, but you know what? There are logistics here. Good enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she gets pass. the ship back to Earth. She drops it off at the Avengers yeah. compound. There's this moment where Steve is shaving uh, the Avengers compound, and it's like, ah, oh, I don't know about that man. I don't know, man. That I like dude, the beard. He's got cheeks for days. That's true. Uh, and then like, like he's like shaving and then like the water in the cistern rumbles and, yeah. and then they all go outside. It's like him, Natasha and Bruce and, uh, Pepper's there too. And, uh, Captain Marvel just is coming down with the ship and she just like lays it down on the ground and Tony and Nebula come out. And I think Tony, like the first thing Tony says is like, I couldn't stop him. I lost the kid. Yeah. He does say that. Yeah. A good moment. It's like a it's a really good moment. He is, sells, yeah. he sells it so hard. Robert Downey Jr. He's good. He's a good actor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. At this point, Tony is obviously not in great shape. And it no. is actually funny to see uh, a dude in these movies who's legitimately kind of like frail and emaciated because it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, it's been, it, we, we learn it's been 23 days. Yeah. So he was up in space for 23 days, uh, not eating for a good portion of that. And yeah, so he's like in a wheelchair getting fluids and there's this altercation because he's still upset about the fact that you know, events of civil war and all that. The other Avengers didn't want him to build a thing around the earth that would protect it theoretically from threats like Thanos, though, whether or not that would have worked. Hey, who knows? In any case, he's upset because he didn't have a chance to protect the earth, the people he loves from yeah. what happened. Um, and he a and whole, Captain America have a whole thing. Cause whole mess of bad blood, a lot of mess of feelings there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a bad situation. Tony tried to do something. It failed. It almost destroyed the earth. But if he had done it right, if they had let him try again to do it yes. right, then he could have been successful maybe. But then he also didn't want to do it right. If we think back to civil war, he yeah. felt like lots of, yeah, a lot of grief there. Yeah. Not good. Um, everybody is feeling down. Yeah. And by everyone, we've got Tony, Steve, Natasha, Rhodey, Bruce, 
uh, Thor, of course, Rocket, Nebula, and Captain Marvel. And Thor is like sulking because, yeah. as Rocket puts it, he failed. Yeah, Thor, <laughs> being the mightiest of the Avengers, uh, just he did not go for the head when he should have gone for the and head. And he is not feeling great about it. No. So at this point, uh, they're debating like how they can figure out where Thanos is. And Nebula reveals that she actually knows where Thanos is. Yeah. And she Although uh, t- this is after Tony like kind of freaks out at Cap and they actually they sedate him and put oh, him. Oh, yeah. He in, like passes out because yeah. he's so frail. And so yeah. he's not a part of this. Also, the, uh, the CGI that they use to make Robert Downey Jr. look that way is, as you were saying, like it's very unsettling in a sense to see. Well, and yeah. And you just. They, there's, there's definitely CGI. He did not lose that weight. And especially when you see his neck. Like, yeah, he looks genuinely frail. Yeah, uh, I, you know what's funny? I didn't even think until this moment that it was CGI. Oh, I'm I sure was, it is. I was wondering because like probably you is. see it in his face, but then you actually see his body once they're once they're back on on Earth huh. because he takes off the the yeah. Suit. You see his like his yeah. chest and stuff, and he's like sunken. Yeah, it's a uh, it's, that's it's, an, it's an unsettling sight. Yeah, it's not good. So, anyways, he's kind of out of the picture. The remaining Avengers are like, we want to get Thanos. Yeah. Uh, Nebula reveals that she has, she and Rocket have got readings that indicate that the stones were used, like an energy surge like the one that happened during the snap has occurred on this remote, like kind of garden planet. Yeah. And they're like. Which I think ends up being called Titan 2, just for the purposes of naming it. Yeah. I think that that's like what Thanos intends it to be. In any case, it's clear that Thanos used the stones again. And now they know where he is. Yeah. Captain America looks into the middle distance and says, let's go get this son of a bitch. Title card. I lose my mind. I, I, di- am- I disagree. I mean, that's what happened. I don't, I don't think that that's where the title card should be, though. I don't like it. I love it. I'm really into it. Uh, I it, like I kept seeing it again in my mind, and that's why I watched it again because I was just like, like, you get so fired up about it. The text and- looks great. Oh, it looks so fun. And sick. you're just like... Yeah, let's go get that son of a bitch. And that sounds so stupid because, and also the beauty of it is that that excitement is totally misguided as we're going to see. But I love that they sell me on it as like in this meta way where I, see I am I am thrilled by it, but yeah. actually I am just as much of an idiot as the Avengers, as we'll see. I yeah, uh, th- I that's a good that's a good argument. I'll talk about where I would have liked it. Oh, I, I know where you, you know where I, want <laughs> I know where you want it. <laughs> um, because I want to forget that I haven't seen the title card yet, and at that point I was still like, so I want something to happen that makes me like forget about the title card, and then I want the title. You card want to, it, what I if want they did another one. In the face. What if they did another title card? <laughs> <laughs> even better yeah um so yeah they uh they get in the benatar and they head out into space uh guided by captain marvel um and uh so yeah they get to they get to go into space let's not, I, they kind of address this for half they a do. second but some of them have never been in space before yeah uh it's pretty crazy the world of the marvel movies is interesting because it presumes that every place on earth is like i mean every place in the universe is oxygen based and yes. carbon based yeah uh it's because everybody can seemingly breathe everywhere although they do say that um that the scroll are not carbon based we get that in do captain you? marvel yeah they note that it's not a carbon based what an form. incredible bit of recollection yeah and here I was just remembering that time they looked at that scroll's penis. That's what I was thinking. It's right before they look at the penis. Because <laughs> it, it might not be carbon-based, but you know you know, it still has a dick. 
we can't these writers can't imagine anything that doesn't have a dick we don't know what it was there we just know that it causes nick fury to roll his eyes like no like, he doesn't roll his eyes it's a meaningful glance they look at each other like wow like impressive well you don't know what that means no that's true we don't know what that means it could just them. be a black hole down there anyways um yeah so they uh they get to titan 2 and uh Carol, aka Captain Marvel, runs reconnaissance, and she comes back, and she's like, "Guys, I looked around. There's like, there's no army, there's no fortress, there's no like anything. I just found like this little hut, and it seems like he's there." Yeah. So uh, they land, and we actually before we see them, we know that they land, but the next thing that we see is Thanos in his hut, and he's making some soup. Yeah, he's like picking fruits to make a soup yeah. with, and his arm is like rotted. Yeah, his it's arm like, does not look so hot, and he's also limping. He is clearly in bad shape. And as this was happening, I did have this moment of like, oh yeah, a zealot has nothing to live for after they've like accomplished their goal. That's why a lot of these guys are willing to blow themselves up. Yeah. People who are like dedicated to causes in the way that Thanos is, very often not into living, right? Yeah. Um, and you start to go, Maybe we shouldn't be going to get this son of a bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> you become a little uneasy if you're me. He's just, he's, yeah, he's just making some soup. And then all of a sudden, like, the Avengers come in. <laughs> they don't give him a chance to, no. they, like, immediately restrain his arm. They're just, like, holding him down. And they're just, and they're Thor just interrogating walks in and him. cuts off his arm that yeah. has the gauntlet oh, right, on it. right, you're right, yeah. yeah. Immediately. Um, and they're restraining him, and they're just like, where are the stones? Where are the stones? And he just goes, I destroyed them. The stones are gone. Reduced to atoms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good performance. Very, yeah, good performance Brolin, from Josh Brolin. Brolin does well here. Uh, so the stones are gone. He used the stones to destroy the stones. Yes. Snapped his fingers. No more stones. This is obviously bad because the premise was that the avengers were going to go get the stones and with the stones when you snap your fingers you can make whatever you want to have happen happen yeah so they could bring everybody back yeah it's it's a wish spell unfortunately there are no stones yeah so they kind of like you see the dawning across everybody's face and then before you can really even like register that you're this yourself thor just like takes his axe and, and decapitates um thanos yes and uh Rocket says, what did you do? Yeah. And everybody is thinking it. And that's when I want the title card. <laughs> and Thor says, I went for the head yeah. and walks out of the hut. And Matt says, I want, they should have put the title card here. And I say, I disagree. <laughs> and then we watched three more hours of movie. <laughs> I think it was more than three more hours. That was like the first 15 dude, minutes. This dude. movie moves. Yeah. So but like, in any I, case, yeah, I want the, to undercut the title there. Cause like I, if I had seen that in theaters, I was surprised this time, but if I had seen that just like in theaters, I think that like, I would have been very curious to know how everybody reacts. I mean, I was, I was, it was weird because I immediately saw it coming once they like got there yes yeah but then you're also just like i'm surprised that this is happening in a big movie like this like yeah. this is bold uh, um so thanos is dead <laughs> uh and instead of the the title card we get a different card that just says uh five years later and then we see a handful of shots of new york um like these empty stadiums just like empty streets there's like a a shot of like all of these brand new cars being like impounded and crushed because there is no one to buy them which is kind of an interesting oh i don't remember that shot yeah there it's like it's like the first one of the first shots it's like a it's like a junkyard yeah, right yeah. but the cars are not like junky cars oh interesting um just cuz there's not people to buy 
yeah the surplus whenever they're out in created. the streets and stuff you see that there's just like trash piled up yeah and there's like a lot of weird stuff like that where you realize that it turns out we needed half of the people on earth to make earth run yeah i am and this is something that i'm always curious about is like what happens like when a portion of the of a population is reduced and like how big of an impact does yeah. that have and it, this makes it pretty clear that beyond the psychological impact it is enormous in other ways um so then we see that Cap is like at this group therapy meeting for survivors, people who lost people in the uh, in the snap. And Cap is just like leading this meeting. They clearly know that he's Captain America, right? They know that it's Steve at, Rogers it's at a VFW. It's it's oh, okay. So it's a veteran specifically. Well, it's, it's at a VFW hall or something. Okay. So my assumption is that's only veterans, but I don't know necessarily that everybody there is a veteran. You they might I mean? have, yeah, they might have opened it up. <laughs> There's half as many veterans as there were. So. Yeah. I don't know. And uh, one of the Russo brothers is there, too, and he gives a long speech about a date he went on. Yeah, actually, I think it's a really good bit of scene setting. It's a a good bit of scene setting. Um, It's soured by the fact that they declared that that was the first openly gay character in the Marvel Universe, and they treated that as a triumph. Uh, they definitely but, shouldn't have treated it as a triumph. No. I did appreciate that it was a gay character who was just like yeah. living his life. Yeah, it's and a nice. It's I a, would particularly like that if it wasn't something so meaningful that they had to comment on it. Yeah, <laughs> I I would agree. Um, it is a nice little reflection, a swift reflection of how this affects everybody who is not a superhero. Right, because this is just some dude who's trying yeah. to go on dates, and it turns out after. <laughs> everybody's partners got snapped away dating is not easy yeah it's it really it's already not easy (laughs) let's just make it it is it is a very grounding moment that i think that they did um with surprising efficiency yeah and then so this allows captain america to give his little speech which is sort of weird because it seems a little bit pitched for people who have never seen any of these movies because he like lays out his whole backstory where he's like i got frozen in the ice and then i came back and the woman i loved was also old and it was really bad and i lost her and you're like yeah i know all that steve but okay you've experienced loss well but it's i mean it's it's meaningful like i think it's good it is it it could have been a little bit more subtle but but it is but this is captain america right he is is not not a subtle subtle man yeah i do love I like the idea, though, that he would be leading these groups because yes. he has this totally abnormal experience that is in some way similar to the abnormal experience of normal people. Yes. And yeah. that, like, suddenly normal people have something almost in common with Captain America is probably really fun for normal people, <laughs> other than the circumstances. Yes, yeah, if it were any other circumstance. <laughs> yeah. It is, and it's also very interesting that it's very in keeping with his character, and one of the things that I like about his character for in many ways that keeps him from being one note for being you know a character who is kind of one note intentionally though. intentionally so yeah they they find depth there by making him you know he finds meaning and he seems to be the person who is dealing with all of this the best in a sense as we learn in a little bit well and he's not he's not dealing with it well but yeah. he finds purpose and meaning in this where the others seem to be severely depressed it's more even beyond that i feel like he is the one who was in therapy before yeah and He's in therapy now. Yeah. And it turns out that it's helpful <laughs> uh, to have already suffered this sort of thing and had people provide you with coping mechanisms. And then this happens and you're like, well, how much worse could it really get for me? Yeah. Yeah. And I look like this. Uh, <laughs> so, um, But the beard doesn't come back. Yeah. We're, we're on a journey here. It's worth noting. Just kind of of meeting the team again yes you are being reintroduced to, the, to these team members this movie 
assumes 100% that you have seen many of these movies, yes. if not all of them. It, it, you definitely have seen Endgame. Well, and everything or, in this and, movie. Sorry, and Infinity War. And it's funny because this would be a critique of any other movie, but it's not a critique of this movie. Every scene in this movie is really like a conclusion to a scene that is not in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's really strange, and I especially experienced that watching it the second time. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, like, you're able to focus more on that as opposed to just the what happens next. Yeah, you just kind of realize that every single thing that happens in this movie is like, I'm concluding something that has no relation to this film. It concludes plot lines, again, from Iron Man 2. That's, yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's it's just ripping through it. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, okay, this is actually... And we got an incredible scene coming up where we cut to San Francisco and already my blood is just like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like my blood just what, runs what do cold. you think is about to happen? I'm just like, I know what happens in San Francisco. That's where Ant-Man lives. And you don't like Ant-Man. I just like, I don't, it's just like Paul Rudd does not. I think this movie is the best Ant-Man movie and it totally redeems yes, Paul Rudd. Yes, it is. Um. So, okay, we, we got to San Francisco. We see the storage warehouse, and you see, like, all of these boxes labeled Scott Lang, and then you see the van, the ex-con van that they had outfitted with the... Uh, or it's not the ex-con van. It is. It is? Okay. The ex-con van that they have outfitted with the... Um, in the previous movie with the, the quantum... Shrink ray. Shrink thing. Um, and all of a sudden, like, the doors pop open, and, and Scott well, Lang just like, gets ejected out. walks across the control panel, right. which triggers removing him from the quantum realm, because we will remember... Five years ago. At the end of... During the snap, Scott Lang was shrunk down in the quantum realm. He didn't get snapped, but that meant that the people who were supposed to get him out of the quantum realm weren't there. Yes. So he has been in the quantum realm these five five years. years. These five years. We'll get into that some more. And he gets, like, kicked out, and he's very confused. And he's just, like... He like like manages to get out of the um, the storage warehouse, and he's just like wandering the streets of San Francisco, which are look like about emptier than they normally would be. There's only a little more poop on the streets. <laughs> I like that. I don't know why. <laughs> um, so he wanders around and he uh, finds this giant memorial, which I thought was an interesting touch. There's these memor- these uh, it's very like like the Vietnam Wall, yeah, uh, in DC. There's there's these walls in um in a, a San I've never been to San Francisco, but I assume that it's a major park that's like right on the bay, probably. And uh, <laughs> he's just kind of like walking around and he's like looking for he's looking for his he like realizes what it is. It's a memorial. He doesn't know what's happened, but he realizes yeah, that lots of people have quote, died. The vanished. So, so yeah, for the vanished. So he goes like running around looking for L, and he finds L, and he's looking for his, for uh, his daughter's name, of course. And he doesn't find his daughter's name. He finds his own name, which I love. I love the idea of somebody that they think was lost in this calamitous event yes. not being lost in that event, but instead being lost for a different way. It's delightful and fun and a good science fiction it's, story, and it only can exist within the framework established by this whole world, which is crazy. It's and it's it's extremely as you, like it's extremely poignant. Oh, it's, it's very good. powerful. Yes, and so um he but he realizes that like maybe his his daughter's name isn't on this list, so he goes and he finds his daughter at uh at you know the house where uh, his ex wife and uh, our best friend and his <laughs> best friend lives, uh, and um it, uh she answers the door except for that she's five years older yeah. than when we last saw her. So she was like 10 last time that she's like 15 or 16 now or yeah. something. And, and you know what? Good job, Paul Rudd. You play it great. He plays it really well. She does a great job. You know what? 
Paul Rudd can handle <laughs> an actual role where a character has to feel emotions. Yes, and, and like suddenly deal with stuff. You have Ant Man feeling emotions and dealing with stuff, and you're yeah. like, yeah, you know what? There might be something to this Ant Man guy. And all yeah. it took was the Russo brothers at, like directing his movie. Don't treat it like like. Yeah, don't treat it as though his emotional capacity is is that of a five year old or an ant or an ant. Um, <laughs> it's 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 really kind of like a starting startlingly powerful yeah. sequence. You you realize like okay, number one, I'm shocked that Ant Man has been the linchpin this entire time in some way because yes. he's the only one who survived the snap in this abnormal way, right? Yes. So you're like clearly he matters. Yeah. Uh. But we don't know exactly how he will be influential right, to the plot but there, quite but yet. But there's this element where you're like, I didn't think that Ant-Man actually mattered at all, but he does. He does. And, then, and as, as a person, too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then they play it really well. He has feelings. Good. Like, he has feelings and he has emotions. And it's not just, like, stock emotions and feelings. Um, so, yeah. Uh, at this point, we cut back to the Avengers compound. Uh, and uh, Natasha is very depressed, not eating her peanut butter sandwich, which just sits in the scene like a lonely, <laughs> forgotten, I don't know, just a ghost of a peanut butter sandwich lingering there in the corners. Um, and she's talking to the various other remaining Avengers like Rop, Rocket and uh, Okoye and and uh, Rhodey. And she's just and like, Captain and Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel is there. Yeah. And like she's got she's got a new haircut, but it's not it's not the. Uh, and it's like a cropped. Uh, when they're talking about like they're on various missions, um, just like they're still being the Avengers, basically. It's like well, it's but and there's nothing really to do is sort of the indication. And Captain Marvel is like, I'm not hanging around here dealing with your stuff. There's a lot going on in the galaxy, and yeah. Earth is just one place, which is an interesting sort of thing. And it does emphasize, like, man, Captain Marvel is so far removed from any of this that it's really weird. It is. It makes but, it very hard for me to be invested in Captain Marvel as a character as a result. Well, she's so... And, and like, by the nature of the character that she is, she's inherently detached from emotions, in a way, because yeah. she just, like... Because is, she's a god. Yeah, she's dealing with the most important thing at any moment. Whereas Thor is, like, a god, allegedly... And a totally emotional and impulsive idiot in reality. It really to go back to to the Captain Marvel movie. It's interesting that like there might have been a way of handling that in the film in which like she retain or she regains this these memories, but it's too late and she just like kind of can't be a human being mm. again. Yeah, and there would be there. there'd be an interesting way of handling that there. They don't do because they they try and make her a human being again. But by the time we see her here, and granted she's been traveling around the galaxy for, for like thirty years for like thirty years, but like. Um. Yeah, I just like, I just feel this distance from her. Agreed. As is, there's some really cool scenes with Captain Marvel later on that we'll talk about, but uh, it never quite measure measures up to the scenes that it that involve characters that I really care about and like. Well, yeah, and that and that's a disservice to her. Agreed. Um, and yeah. I, I sort of wonder if they can even ever solve that because, like, by now she's like so divorced from anything resembling. Humanity. She's a god. Yeah, yeah. That it's like. I don't know. I don't even know how you make a second movie about her because, like, it's like her talking. It's like me talking to a pile of ants. Yeah. And I'm not Scott Lang. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so, so Rhodey then, uh, Rhodey's hologram lingers around. The others are like out of there doing other stuff. And, but Rhodey's hologram lingers. <clears throat> and he's like, we have another report of a gang being killed and it's a cartel in Mexico. And they all got murdered. He's like, it's just like Marseille. And all I could think was, what happened in Marseille? Yeah, and it's like, I don't know, gang members, like entire gangs are just getting murked. Yeah. And they know who it is, and it's Hawkeye. Yeah. Who's clearly on some sort of like 
a organized crime. organized crime killing spree. <laughs> he is just going through. He he like just is trying to find the most despicable people he possibly yeah. can. Clearly, and he is just like taking out his frustrations so if on they, them. If you would actually, if you watch the end of The Sopranos, if they hadn't cut when they did, the door <laughs> opens. A man with a bow enters, shoots Tony Soprano through the head with, with a, a bow. bow. <laughs> cut to black yeah don't stop believing um it's so yeah uh natasha we have to remember this is something that i have to remind myself natasha and hawkeye slash clint natasha and clint have a relationship like they're very close friends they're friends they have the the they're very close friends yeah no she's like the only one who knew about his house and his family yes and like they've been friends for a long time they've known each other like for for like decades and um there's like a running joke where they always refer to like something that really went wrong in somewhere like Kiev or something or like Bucharest and there's so there's like a running joke about that that appears in the movies um I have to it's important to remind our our listeners because I regularly forget this too in part because neither of those characters is really given their due in a sense it, by I which I mean they good, don't really get a movie. They've done pretty good with Natasha over time. They, it they took really a while. should have given her a movie. Yes, yes, I agree. But I've gotten to the point with her where I get it. With Hawkeye, he's still just kind of no. He's also I'm not really that invested in seeing Jeremy Renner do anything other and than play go. music. Uh, uh, so at this point, they're uh, like Rhodey. She's like, "Can you let me know? Like, can you track essentially yeah, Hawkeye? Find out where Rhodey's like. Okay, I guess he leaves." Captain America just like shows up, <laughs> just yeah. kind of like pops around a bookshelf, and is like, kind of half-heartedly tries to cheer her up because he knows that the world sucks. And then the buzzer goes off, right? Someone's at the gate. Yes, yeah. and it's Scott Lang. Scott Lang is at the van. gate. Um. So like we cut to uh I think that he just like he like like he's like in there and they're like who are you and he's like I worked oh no he knows Captain America he knows them because he yeah. was at the airfield he was at the airfield and they're in like Civil yeah War. we thought that you disappeared and he's like no let me tell you a tale and he starts eating her peanut butter sandwich yes. thank God that thing got attention um, you're very committed to it I was I I looked at it and I was like man I would really like a peanut butter sandwich yeah I didn't have the, the white bread I don't like it oh, I'm 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 all about that like classic PB I respect it. Yeah. So in any case, uh, Scott Lang is telling them that while he was in the quantum realm, he actually only felt like he was there for five hours. Yes. What was five years for us, I almost said. Five years (laughs) for us. Five years for them was only five hours for Scott Lang. And he's like, I don't know anything about physics, but it seems like there might be something uh, related to time travel there. Yeah. And uh, he's like, can we get somebody smart on this? And Captain America's like, we might know a guy. Yeah. Uh, cut to the Stark household. This is like somewhere out in like the country. Michigan or something. Yeah. Tony, actually, according to the script, it's upstate New York. Like everything oh, is. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. the Adirondacks. Tony, Tony seems to own a lot of upstate New York <laughs> yeah. real estate, so that makes sense. It implies that it's not very far. It, it, it actually, this explains why they are able to get up there they so quickly. They drove there in an they Audi. They drove there in an Audi. There's all, a lot of Audis in this movie. There is one shot, which I really picked up on on the second viewing later in this movie, where Tony Stark pulls his Audi up in front of somebody else, and there is a shot that looks like it is from a car commercial yes where it like he overshoots where he's pulling up to and they like shoot it and it pulls up into frame focus on the logo yeah lengthy pause he reverses movie continues yeah 
<laughs> how do you helped us a lot getting this movie? Dude, made. how how many millions did they pay? Yeah, there's for also me to resent them. <laughs> there's also the Audi logo on the back of the Iron Man yeah. costume. Well, and, that just makes sense though. Yeah. He loves German engineering. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, anyway, the um we see that Tony is living happily with Pepper and they have a daughter. Yes. Uh which is really cool because Tony always wanted a kid. Tony, one presumes. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's actually they, really. They, or they're talking about it at the beginning of Infinity War. There, there's yes, like they they're, are. they're talking about having a kid. It's really interesting to see that Tony Stark is the only one who didn't actually lose like a loved one exactly mm-hmm. in this, and he's like the only one he who seems games. to have adjusted. And there's a there's a very good line about this that we're about to touch on. Yeah. Um, because Cap, uh, Natasha, and Scott Lang show up. And like Tony invites them in, they have some tea, and there's this like long conversation about time and space where they're pitching like ideas. Lang is pitching ideas because he kind of knows a little bit about this apparently. Well, no, he just knows about stealing things, and so his idea is a is a time heist where they go back in time before Thanos got the stones. They figure out where the stones were. They go back in time using the quantum realm. They retrieve the stones before Thanos can get them. They use the stones to snap. They bring them into the current day. They snap on their own, bring everybody back. And solves the problem. And at that point, that's the extent of the plan. And yeah, and Tony's just like pointing, poking all these holes in it. He's just like mentoring, mentioning all of this like physics, math-based stuff that yeah. I don't... It's not clear if he's being sarcastic or not. Does yeah. it matter? No. And but and, but like, and Captain's like, but this could be our second chance. And Tony's just like, I think that what's going on in my life right now is my second yes. chance. Yes. And it's a very it's a very good line because it is it is like he's like why would I roll the dice again? Like I understand that something terrible happened, but like my my life was a wreck, and now I I'm able to have what I want. Like I have what I want. Yes. Why would I do this? Um, and they uh, they end up not being able to convince him, so they leave. And I, Nat says something like he's scared and he's like he's not gonna do it and then cap's like well we're gonna need a really big brain yeah smash cut we're in a diner (laughs) nice use of the word smash we're in a diner and we have a newly stubbly hulk eating in a diner wearing glasses and we are introduced to smart hulk easily the finest cinematic accomplishment of the last 40 years really 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 strong um Basically, we see the Hulk. He's wearing clothes. He's wearing glasses, and he is talking normally. What we learn is that um, basically, like Banner recognized that like he'd been trying to run from Hulk his whole life. He treated him as a disease. What if he just embraced Hulk? And so he was able to mix the best of Hulk and Banner, and now he can eat everything he wants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and he is smart, and he is the Hulk. Kids come up and ask for his autograph. He dabs on him, (laughs) uh, which is great because it's five years in the future, and I just love that (laughs) he's this out-of-touch idiot. It's excellent mark ruffalo crushes it yes he is he is very very good in this role like if you considering he's entirely cgi especially i mean if you imagine like edward norton trying to do this it makes no sense no it'd be it'd be like nebbish hulk yeah and it would also it would just be so like up its own yeah yeah yeah. neuroses and whereas this is just like this man is living his best life and he's like yeah i think i can help you guys do the science off we go. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Tony is doing the dishes. And while he's doing the dishes, he's clearly a little agitated. He looks over at a shelf 
And on that shelf is a picture of him and Peter Parker. Yes. Where he is presenting Peter Parker with an award. He is clearly wasted. The award is upside down and Peter Parker looks like an idiot. Yeah. It's a great it's a great photo. Oh, he like looks good. at this photo. I kind of want to frame it and have it in my house. And we think that he's looking at this photo because he misses Peter. But it's actually he recognizes something in the photo and he goes over to um to like this hologram table where he's been casually doing science, well, like wait. flipping around holograms. Hold up real quick. Yeah. My assumption is that he looks at the photo and he's like, I lost Peter, I can get Peter back. Not no. that he recognizes something in the photo. He because then he goes over the hologram table. And he um, has he has like all of you. We see clearly that he has actually been experimenting with like time and sure. like various things. And he has a Mobius strip up. Yeah. And he asks Friday, the like machine butler. Oh, he flips it. He asks her oh, to flip it to invert that's smarter it. Smarter than I and thought. And it's because okay. he was looking at the photo okay, okay. And, and like the award being upside down. Yeah, yeah. Um. So in a mere thirty. 35 seconds, it Tony is. Stark solves time travel. <laughs> and it's great because he realizes that he has solved time travel instantaneously. Yes. Like, it is so dumb. It's extremely dumb. I don't care, but, but like, it's so it, dumb. They try and distract you immediately from it because he goes, holy shit. And then his daughter is, like, standing yeah, yeah. there because she's awake. She's like, shit. And it's like, oh, yeah. kid swear, swearing. Yeah, always funny. Uh, I want to say really quickly, I think that everything with Tony's daughter works for me in a way that yes. none of the Scott Lang daughter stuff did. And I, agree. I don't fully know don't why, know other than that I don't like Lang and, t- and I do like Tony. I don't, I, that's I don't, the only I thing I can point you. to, but it all works for me. I totally agree. I, I yeah. really, I was thinking about the same thing and I can't put my finger on what it is. Um, so yeah, he's solved time travel a little bit. First, he's got to put his daughter to bed. So uh, they get some juice pops. He takes her upstairs. He tucks her in. Um, and it's like clearly like he really he's a good dad. Like he likes being a dad. Like he is. Yeah, he's he is happy. Fixed, he has fixed the problems of his own father. Yes. Like he is not his father. And uh, this being a theme in all literature, not just the Marvel movies. Uh, but damn, is it a theme in these? Yeah. Very heavy. Uh, and there's this he, you know, he tells his daughter that um, he loves her. And she says back to him, uh, like, I love you 3000 which is a very childlike thing to say. It's yeah. very sweet. Um, and then he goes downstairs and Pepper's awake and he's just like talking to Pepper. And he's like, I've solved time travel. And she's like kind of nonplussed. Um, but she's like, if you solve time travel, maybe you should do something. She's kind of just it. like, you got to do what you got to yeah, do. You just otherwise do you're going to drive me insane and yeah. I will have to leave this house. Yeah. <laughs> like that's clearly the vibe. Uh, so meanwhile, Smart Hulk is making Scott Lang time travel Kind of. Yeah, they're the smart. Hulk is, by his own admission, this is not his area of expertise, <laughs> but he is doing his best. They uh, they turn Scott Lang into a baby. And an old man. <laughs> and an it's old man. It's very funny. Good yeah. comedic beat. Uh, and at the end of it, Smart Hulk exclaims, time travel. Yeah. <laughs> he is very, like, it is a success oh, to him. Yeah. The it's, best well, thing it's about, an absolute win. The best thing about Smart Hulk is that he has none of, like, the... None, none of the like angst of original Hulk. Like, I mean, you've you've already yes. alluded to this, but it says it is the inversion of Hulk, yes. where he is just like constantly a sunny persona. Well, and it's also though that he is not like uh, Tony Stark, where he's like overly cocky, and Tony Stark solves everything. Yeah, he's incredibly brilliant. He looks like the Hulk, but also he's not 
it's I don't know. It's like at worst a learning experience. Yes, yes. That's like it. Yes, he, yes. he really does see this as a win. He, like yes, even though they, they have failed, they have failed, but they are making progress, and that is a win. That's beautiful. Um, so, so Cap is like a little concerned about this, so he <laughs> yeah. goes outside to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> He's from the forties. It's okay. <laughs> he can't get cancer. He is the super Maybe soldier could, serum. Actually, we can talk about that later. Oh, all right. Yeah, well, I don't know because you know he. It turns out he does age. Spoiler alert. Oh, shit. Anyway. Uh, so this is when we get our shot of a very clean, shiny, and honestly, I gotta say, beautiful and alluring Audi pull Actually, up. I, I already like Audis, but like, yeah, I would buy this car. <laughs> so Tony Stark pulls up in a pretty cool electric Audi. Yeah. I mean, that, he does that thing where he's like, he drives in, and you're like, he's not going to make that curve, and he makes oh, the curve, yeah, and it's so like, well. it says the text at the bottom is like, this is a professional driver in a closed course. I wanted to buy it. <laughs> yeah. Money well spent, Whoever. Germany. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Tony shows up and he's like, "We ready to rock and roll?" He's he's all in now. In he, typical Tony fashion, he's like, "That last conversation didn't happen. We're yes. doing this." Right. Well, yeah, and it's essentially he's just like, "I can't hold a grudge." Yeah. Which is classic. Like whenever anybody ever tells stories about Steve Jobs, they're always exactly like this, where it's like he told me that my family should go die, and <laughs> then the next day he was like, "That was a good idea. We're doing it," as though it was his own idea. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It uh, is is entirely in character. Just good writing. I really want to know. Like, so many people have written that character, and I really want to know. Like, I almost wonder whether there's just like one person that they keep bringing back to just like punch up Tony I, and put honestly, him in shape. I wonder if it's Robert Downey Jr. I supposedly he did you know punch what? up work on on some of the Mar- the Iron Man movies. That makes a ton of sense. <laughs> I, that, I don't know why that didn't occur to me. Uh, Only writers I, can write. I know he was uncredited on Iron Man movies. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because he, I mean, he he owns the role to such a degree that I cannot think of. We will talk about this later. The differences between Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr. and how I have difficulty keeping track. Oh, I have track. no idea. <laughs> who was who? Yeah, well, Tony Stark played Doolittle. That's what yeah. you need to know. This is... <laughs> Incredible. I thought that that was true for a second, even after you said it. I said, yeah. I, I was going to say, no, ro- ro- as a joke, Robert Downey Jr. played Doolittle. <laughs> um, um, in any case, he shows up. We're ready to go. He also gives Cap back uh, a, a new version of the shield. So Cap I think had lost the shield. Yeah, he'd lost the shield. I don't remember. Like, it was broken. This he, is the one that Tony Stark, I think, was using to prop up the reactor. It in was the original. It's the two. original yeah. shield that, like, his dad, that Cap's, um, that, like, his tony's dad retrieved from caps you know uh whatever isolation yeah um yeah so uh cap has got a shield back uh but we don't have the whole team together and we, we gotta, gotta get them team so uh rocket and smart hulk go to find our buddy thor they show up in new asgard which i believe is like in norway yeah, it's, it's unclear some, they have they have health care i can tell you that yeah. much <laughs> Uh, it's like this idyllic little like peninsula community of, of like fishermen, and this, this is where the whoever I don't understand how anybody survived that Asgardian apocalypse where like they were on the ship I and agree. then Thanos. It doesn't quite make sense, including how Valkyrie got there, but Valkyrie's there. She's a Valkyrie, yeah. Um, but like, there's a whole community of Asgardians, and they're they're making do. Um, and like, they run into Valkyrie, right? And she's like, she's like working the docks, yeah. and she's just like. Do what you can with him. Yeah, that dude is drunk. <laughs> yeah, uh, and sure enough, they like they get to Hulk's pl- or no, Thor's place, and <laughs> this is one of the better reveals. Actually, <laughs> Smart Hulk is solid, but this is actually very strong, and their commitment to it is is, is incredibly admirable. Um, how would you describe Thor five years on from the snap? My boy. 
He's got the biceps. He's still. husky. He's, <laughs> he's wearing those husky jeans. Yeah. <laughs> he is a corpulent man. Uh, Thor has put on a bit of a belly. He's been riding the gain train, but maybe not lifting so much. <laughs> and you see it, and you are just like, they're not going to be able to put him in armor with no, that. He's a big boy. So um, he's a fat guy yeah thor is 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 been drinking a lot not not watching his diet not working out and um, apparently been playing Fortnite, which is still <laughs> popular five years from now yes there's there are there's a series of Fortnite jokes that, with Rockman and little yeah, who's <laughs> and knife, knife knife and guy knife guy from ragnarok from ragnarok who survived we're glad to know that they thank survived. god Our i wish favorite characters. i wish someone had written to us about that because that was a lot of talk about angst and grief <sighs> i was worried talk about losing someone you love there it is um yeah, Korg and Meek are their names. Uh, they are playing Fortnite uh, with Thor. They're like the only friends who apparently will actually stand him in this state. Uh, he is just like guzzling beer and just does not care. And they're trying to get him, convince him to like come back and do it. And they're giving him all these reasons to do it. And it's clear that he like kind of wants to, but doesn't want to admit that he wants to. And it's yeah. this whole like back and forth about like, we can kill Thanos. And they're like, you don't say that name in this house, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then eventually. They're like, we have beer on the ship. He's like, what kind? <laughs> Smash cut. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It, it brings me it brings me back to Thor. Uh, Smash cut to my favorite scene in this entire movie. I hate the you. best shot in this entire movie, hands down, because it's like the it's like a beautiful tracking shot. It. Um, I can't tell if you're joking right now. I'm 100 joking. I hate this fucking scene. It's so, so dumb. I actually do think it's shot really well because it suddenly is shot like a Hong Kong action movie or something, <sighs> even though it's in Japan. But but like in a in a dumb way. This. This scene makes I okay. I feel like they even do like a stylized title card they or do. something. I for think this. they might. I think yeah, they might. it's just like tastelessly stupid. We go to Tokyo. Yeah. Um, where a masked vigilante is katana fighting Yakuza members and has killed an entire like gr- gang of yakuza and then he is straight up samurai sword fighting a dude in the street yeah there's well they have like the entire this is like so, the yakuza boss and on, they they're like he's like i guess we are going to fight in the street and it, it is like a samurai film suddenly yes. and my my only thought was like maybe they can't manufacture guns anymore because half of the world is dead and that's why Clint is into knives now. I think it's more that I I don't even know. I think it's more that just like everybody's like Japan, they only use katanas. Yeah, in the five years while everybody else was mourning their dead, Clint has been studying the blade. Because <laughs> uh, <huh? laughs> uh, turns out that the dude who's killing all these guys is Hawkeye. This scene is so dumb. He he ends up killing this dude relatively gratuitously. They show like his throat open. Oh yeah, like it's well. I think that we're meant to be like Clint is in a dark place. It is, it which is meant we to show us, yeah, because his whole family died in front of him. Yeah, but, but like, they're driving it home. There's he like he like pulls back the hood on his like vigilante costume, and he has the. I know you disagree to a, somewhat. He is the dumbest. He's Phil Hawkeye. He's dumbest faux hawk i've ever seen it is, i don't mind it the hair is such a distraction it looks jeremy first of all i don't like jeremy renner's face his face is so squashed I'm it, into looks, it. it looks like a fruit that's starting to rot i think his hair looks cool <laughs> i it just it, i hate it i actively found it a distraction in like all of hawkeye is given a lot of emotional heavy scenes like to do a lot of lifting yes. and i fucking hate it I don't um, mind it, but anyways, it's dumb that he knife fought this dude. But then Natasha shows up and she's like, "Bro, 
you got to stop doing this. And he's like, why? And she's like, we found a way. And he's like, don't. And she says, don't what? Give me hope. Smash cut. <laughs> All right. Now we're I, back I at die, the Avengers. I die a little. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I want to turn it off, but Bob makes me keep watching. I don't mind the arc of Hawkeye's thing. I think it's dumb that he katana fights a man in the street. I don't like his, I don't like his arc. We'll talk about that later. All right. Avengers compound. They are testing the time travel now with Tony's new suits that he's developed uh, and assume, like we're assuming his intelligence. They're going to test it on Ant-Man. Ant-Man is very nervous. He's like, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And so Hawkeye, newly part of the Avengers again, kind of walks in. He's like, I'll do it. And you're like, that guy's got nothing to lose. And they send him back. Yeah. They somewhat cruelly send him back to uh, the day that his family disappeared. No, no, it's I don't think it's the by same design? day. But they have oh. to send him back to something where he would know if it was the same or different. Okay. So they send him back to his family's homestead prior to the snap. Yeah. And he hears his family. He picks up a baseball glove belonging to one of his children. And then he gets pulled back. Yeah. This also establishes the idea that they have a limited amount of like time travel juice, which was the developed Pim, by Pim Hank juice. Pim. Pim juice. Yeah, that's what I call it. Mr. Pim. They ha- and so they can only do a couple tests, and then they have enough for everybody to go back and return with the stones, and then send one person back with the stones to like restore them in time. Because they realize that they are going to have to return the stones to this timeline otherwise. And this is where the time travel stuff gets kind of heavy, and they try to undercut it by making jokes Which about time travel. They're good, yeah, they're good jokes about time travel movies. So it's very referential to other time travel movies. I have to admit, personally, like it's all fine by me because I just couldn't follow it after a certain point. There's some stuff where it's just like, what you need to know, it just becomes like a series of things for them to achieve, and it hangs together with just enough logic for me to handle it. But yeah. the basic premise is, get the stones, bring them back, do the snap, and then we're going to learn later that there's this secondary mission of return the stones to where they were previously in that timeline. Yeah. But we're going to get there. So that so that you are not disrupting the second timeline. Right, which they don't actually know yet, but that sort of doesn't matter. Yeah. We have two timelines is the is the or we will have two timelines is the important thing. Okay. So, uh yeah, they only get so many shots of this. They tested on Clint. Um and Tony has fixed the machine. Uh so now it's time to figure out we're going to go back. When does everybody go back to? Uh and this is the complicated thing but what they end up settling on they like they try and figure out like okay we have only have so many shots of this so we have to find places where we can get multiple stones at once so they they land on uh, uh a series of locations but three time periods first and there's conveniently those time periods happen to coincide with movies within the marvel universe exactly this movie is a flashback movie hey it is it is basically a um a revisit revi- revision and a, a like kind of like laudatory victory lap it, of the Marvel exactly of the MCU, what it is. and it's just and it yeah. just rewards you for having been along for the ride because you go like, of course they have to go back to and, these places because I know where the stones are and I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, and you are amped. Yes, I am ready to go back. Yes. So the first location is New York City after the invasion, where they can get the Tesseract, which is the space stone. So this is Avengers One. Avengers One. Yeah, because we remember that Loki was uh, had the Tesseract, so we need to get the Tesseract, the space stone. Uh, they realize that um, Strange should be at the Sanctum Sanctorum, they believe at least. Because they don't really know they Dr. Don't, Strange. Yeah, they don't know enough about Dr. Strange, but they're like, we can go to the Sanctum Sanctorum, it's also in New York, and we can get the Time Stone from, from Dr. Strange, and then Loki's Scepter has the Mind Stone. So they get the Tesseract, the Mind Stone, um, the Space Stone, and the Mind Stone, 
and the Time Stone. Yes, in New York. If they in go New back City. to New York in 2012. Yeah, uh, immediately after the Chitauri invasion. In, like we said, Avengers Avengers 1. Uh, meanwhile, then there's also Asgard. But this is going to be Asgard, I believe, 2013. Dor- uh, Thor the Dark World Asgard. And here they can get the Reality Stone. And I don't remember this entirely, but it's somehow the Reality Stone is also the aether from yeah, Thor the dark it was, world yeah it's like it was it's like that's the form it takes if they like you get it out of a person but it like inhabits people or objects or something so okay it, like at that point it is inside natalie portman yeah. they just need to extract jane, it from her jane foster as played by natalie portman so they'll have to get so they have to go back to asgard they um, have to go back to thor the dark world yeah thank god the keystone uh but they actually they actually they they fucking make it better uh it was already good uh, and then they uh, also have to go to space, and in space they're going to get the Soul Stone on Voromir, which is where we know that Thanos had to he threw Gamora over the edge in order to get the Soul Stone because you have to sacrifice that which you love. Um, and but then they don't know necessarily that that's how they're they don't know get the it. rules of it. Yeah, no, they but just we know we that, as the audience yes, know yes. this. Um, and then they also are going to get the Power Stone on Morag, and I had totally forgotten that this was the Power Stone, but that's where, at the beginning of, Gardens of the Guardians of the Galaxy, the very opening, when Quill is on that planet and he's dancing around and he gets that thing, mm-hmm. that's the that's the uh, Power Stone. Yep. So they just need to beat Quill to the Power Stone. Yeah. Um, and yes, like as you said, the key to all of this is that then, after they get all of these, they're going to have to replace them in order to avoid throwing off the timelines somehow or yeah well, well or do they not learn that yet? they don't they don't really know that yet okay but but in any case they're like let's go back let's get the stones let's come back yeah and captain america gives a rousing speech and they press the button and we get a title card that says like new york city 2012 full screen and you are like god i hate how excited this makes yes. me like i resent the emotional response I have to like, let's go back to Avengers one. And it gives you that. Oh, it's awesome. It gives you that splash page shot yes. of like the camera circling the original team, just like going around. And, and you're and like, these costumes are so dumb. They I, are so dumb. I don't like these costumes, but uh, I'm still into it. So in New York city, AKA Avengers, the first Avengers, uh, on this, uh, adventure, we have smart Hulk, Tony cap and Scott Lang. And they show up right in the middle of the Chitari attack, as we said. And they're going to split up. And Hulk is going to go and recover the Time Stone from, from who they assume is Doctor Strange at the uh, Sanctum Santorum. Meanwhile, Tony is going to get the stone from Loki that Loki had, or that, the Tesseract, the Tesseract that Loki had, because that's currently being like handed over to the U.S. government. Yeah, and uh, Cap is going to get the Scepter, which has the Mind Stone. Yes. Yeah. So well, let's start with Smart Hulk. So Hulk goes to the Sanctum Santorum. He is intercepted there by Tilda Swinton, who is just currently at the Sanctum Santorum, which yeah. is lucky for them because that's not where she lives. No, yeah, that's true. Uh, but but anyways, I guess that she can travel through gates constantly. Probably. So, yeah. so she is like, Stephen Strange is still doing medicine right now. You yeah. Know, he's not Doctor Strange. And Hulk's like, well, I'm sorry, you're going to have to give me that stone, though. And she punches like Mark Ruffalo out of smart Hulk, smart Hulk. You remember she did this in yes. Doctor Strange where she could like separate your uh true self your from true your self, physical yeah. form. So she like punches normal Banner out of Hulk and then they have this interaction where, you know, they're kind of talking about like what he needs and what he wants and he's like 
obviously he's unable to like physically get it from her. There's a long conversation in which she reveals that they have to return the stones. And this is how they know they have to return the stones to their original locations in this timeline, because otherwise this timeline will branch off, blah, 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 time travel, time travel, time travel. What matters is that once they do the snap, they're going to have to return the stones back to, to to restore this, this new timeline to, uh, I don't know. Equilibrium. Equilibrium. So either Uh, way, what then happens though, is that, and we're just gonna. I'm just gonna close this out. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. It takes longer than this, but they continue to talk, and she's like, "I can't give you the stone. The whole point is that I protect the stone." And he's like, "Listen, Stephen Strange gave the stone to Thanos," and she's like, "He did what?" And she's able to see ahead in time, so she knows Stephen Strange is not Doctor Strange yet, or he is Doctor Strange. She he's, knows he's that not. He will. He's be. not a practitioner of the mystical arts yeah, yet. But she, she knows, knows that he will him. be, and she also knows that he is meant to be, as she says, the best among of us. And so she realizes that if Strange gave Thanos the stone, there had to be a reason for it. Mm-hmm. And so she because, parts. She yeah, parts with. The, she with gives the, time the stone, stone to Hulk. Yeah. So okay, Hulk has the time stone. Um, meanwhile, meanwhile, Cap is able to get Loki's scepter in Stark Tower where it's been left by pretending to be a Hydra member in a callback to the previous elevator scene. Yes, there's a great moment where he's in the elevator and you think there's going to be another fight like uh like in in Winter Soldier and instead like when they're all like kind of like getting ready they're like very suspicious they're getting ready to like beat him up he just like leans over and just whispers "Hail Hydra." <laughs> and they just give him the scepter. Yeah. He walks out uh and then he is walking across a bridge and he encounters young captain america and wearing that dumb helmet oh i love it and what i love about it is that modern captain america says you got to be shitting me which is <laughs> delightful i wish that young that's a really I good point wish that young captain america said uh language. language yeah like i honestly it feels like such a missed opportunity that i watched it twice thinking i had missed it <laughs> that is that uh, is a really good point but in any case evolution they, yeah they fight um, it's a cool. It's a cool fight. Cause I it, mean, it's, it's awesome because it's a Winter Soldier esque fight because it's like grounded, like it's punches. So comic it's booky punches. to see Cap fight Cap. Yeah. The fun thing about it is that young Captain America is kind of kicking old Captain America's yeah. ass. <laughs> Turns out, five years of depression not good for a person. <laughs> um, so at that point, though. Uh, he's eventually successful. He's in a headlock and he says, yeah. like, Bucky's alive. And obviously, that confuses young Captain America quite a bit because young Captain America assumes this guy to be Loki. Yes, he thinks uh, that Loki is So he's not confused by the fact that he's seeing himself yeah. in a way. There's also, oh man, it's good because Young Cap's like, I could do this all day. And Old Cap's like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so beautiful. It is very good. It's, uh, a, it's a great scene. In any case, recovers the scepter. Mm-hmm. He's got the stone. Uh, meanwhile... Uh, Tony and Lang and I honestly like I was going through the script and I was just tearing through this part because I was just like because it's all intercut in the film this is all intercut like all of these various missions are cutting back and forth it's happening simultaneously we, we are straightening out this this we're taking that this spaghetti and we are turning it into just like dry spaghetti dry spaghetti again we are uncooking the spaghetti <laughs> yeah. for you um yeah, so uh, this is all getting intercut, but Tony and Lang are trying to steal the Tesseract. Tony is posing as, like, cause obviously they're, they're seeing themselves here as well. So we see uh, younger Tony just, like, passing through this lobby of, Star- of Stark Tower and uh, soon to become Avengers Tower. And um, uh, our timeline Tony, our Tony, is pretending to be, like, a security guard. And Lang is, like, hiding out tiny in his, like, breast pocket or something like that. And they need to steal the Tesseract, which is in this briefcase. That, oh, like, 
that 2012 Tony Stark is carrying the briefcase, briefcase that has the Tesseract. Yeah. The government wants to get it. The solution to this is to have Scott Lang, very tiny, pull a pin inside of uh, Tony Stark, like 2012 Tony Stark's uh, arc reactor, which will cause him to have like a minor cardiac event. Everybody's going to think he's having a heart attack. And in that ensuing confusion, Tony Stark will steal the Tesseract. Yes. This almost goes off without, without a hitch, but then there is a hitch. They force the Hulk to take the stairs from up above. He's very angry, and he opens the door with great force. This is 2012 Hulk. Yes. Yeah, angry Hulk, not smart Hulk. No, emotional dumb Hulk. Hulk. Dumb, uh, dumb emotional Hulk. Dumb emotional Hulk opens a door, knocking the Tesseract out of Tony Stark's hands. It falls on the floor and is grabbed by Loki, who just disappears. Yes. Which means that this timeline just got real bad. Got really bad. Uh, yeah. We don't really deal with that so much, though. Instead, the team regroups, and they're like, we got some of the stones, but we didn't get one of the stones. Yeah, they're like... we where can we find Loki? And everyone's like, it might be on Asgard. Like, it's just impossible for them to find Loki at this point. Yeah. So Tony says, I have a plan. Um, and he basically says like, I know a place where we can get the, uh, the space stone, the Tesseract and where we can get more pin particles, which is the, the right. Pim because juice. otherwise they couldn't keep jumping through time. Yes. And he says it's in New Jersey. There's a joke about the garden state. Uh, and then we cut to... They send Lang back with the two stones they did yes, get. Yes, Lang, Lang goes back with the two that they did, along with Hulk. Lang and Hulk go back. Yeah, so Captain America and Tony Stark are going to the 1970s. Yeah. It's getting groovy. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to recap that part. Yeah, I know you really like that part. It's my it's my favorite part in the movie, <laughs> um, hands down. Meanwhile, the Dark World. <laughs> Asgard, not, not the 1970s, but the other Dark World. Uh rocket and thor in 2013 so they're uh, in asgard in 2013 and um jane is infected with the reality stone aka the ether uh like they have to get it back thor uh, unfortunately a is a is an emotional wreck he's not just a physical wreck but an emotional wreck as well and he just like cannot deal with all of this in part because he sees his mom walking around so just as a reminder in thor the dark world um uh, Thor's mom, whose name is escaping me right now. Thor's mom. Thor's mom <laughs> is uh, introduced in that film, played by Rene Russo, introduced yes. in that film, and then is also killed in that film. Yes. Um, immediately. Something that, like, I think, like, we were a little critical of because we she's were. not she's not much of a character. They, they don't give her quite enough to do in the previous one and in order for murder her in this one. Yeah. And so... Um, but anyways... We're now about to fix that. <laughs> so uh, it's almost as though the uh, the Stephen the Russo Christo Bros. Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely were like, "Hey, what if we could go back and revise that script a bit?" Yeah, fix um, that thing up. They probably just took this wholesale from that script, like yeah. some scene that just was cut. just was cut. Uh, so Thor is having like an emotional breakdown because he sees his mom and he knows that his mom is about to die, literally like within hours, her. and he can't warn her because it's going to throw everything off. Um, but he also then just like can't go in and there's like this this side joke in there where like Jane would expect to see Thor because they were Natalie Portman as Jane would expect to see Thor because they were, you know, together at this point. But like Thor now looks different than Thor back then. Significantly. I'm getting a flashback to that shot in the dark world where he's like washing his forearms <laughs> in like a in like a cistern of water. He do that it, shot no. now. <laughs> um and uh, so, like, he's going to have to go in there and pretend that he is that Thor. And you think, like, this will be funny. But then it doesn't actually do that. No. Because instead, Thor just pieces out and he, like, 
uh, like runs away because he is he is emotionally. Well, he has and he finds his mother and his mother. He is runs like, into his mother accidentally, right? And his mom is just like, "Oh, you're from the future." Yeah, his, she very quickly picks up. She's she's just like <laughs> she she has this line where she it's, it's like this line does more work than anything in Thor: The Dark World to establish her character. He's just like, "Why you know why are you like how do you know this?" And she's like, "I was raised by witches." <laughs> 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 it is a fantastic line. I love it. Yeah. Um. And she kind of like they have this conversation that's like th- that like clearly puts Arthur to to like modern gives, Thor. Modern Thor gives him some closure with his relationship with his mother, who you yeah. know he lost, and at the same time like reveals like reserves of strength that are not just like hey she can fight too. Yeah. Like it is reverse like these reserves of emotional strength that she has where she kind of understands that like maybe something is about to happen and her time is coming. And right. meanwhile, Rocket just like sneaks in. We use like some unused footage from the dark world of Natalie Portman and Rocket yes. like sneaks in. Is it literally unused footage? It feels like I it. think it might be. It feels yeah. like they or, did not get Natalie Portman in the room. To they just show things. her like walking through a door at one point. Yeah. Um, and you're like, oh, Natalie Portman's in this, but not really. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rocket, how does Rocket like? He has like an extractor. I don't know. He's a tiny raccoon man. Yeah. Rocket gets the. They, they also, all the Asgardians, when they see him, call him a, a rabbit. Yes. <laughs> just. <laughs> and earlier in this movie, Tony Stark calls him a Build-A-Bear. <laughs> yeah, that's a good and, line and he goes, maybe I am. And I think that's incredible. Bradley, Bradley Cooper, welcome Bradley, back. Yeah, man. You know what? I forgot. Guardians 2, I forgot. <laughs> but dang, you're good at this. Um, so they... At this point, like Rocket like runs up and he's like, I got the thing. We gotta go. And as they're about to leave, Thor's like, hold up. And he holds out his hand. And of course, the hammer exists in this timeline. Yes. Molnir is that the yeah. name of the hammer? Molnir, yeah, the yeah. hammer does exist. He recovers the hammer. It, it comes. He calls and it comes. He's still worthy. Yes. Uh, oh, that's a good point. That it proves that he is still well, worthy. He says, he says that. Yeah, yeah. I had forgotten that. But that's yeah. actually that's another. This scene has a lot of very good emotional beats for a character who is mostly just comic relief. Well, and it's also even in his depression is a comic relief. Yes. Yeah. It's also weird too because it's like. You know, he has this with his mom, but, like, at this point, Loki is also dead. Like, yeah. this is just a like, emotional minefield for Thor. Like, things are bad for Thor, but you know what? At the end of the day, he's still a good dude. He gets his hammer, yeah. and we're going back to the present day. Uh, but not yet, actually. We got, we got to go to Morag well, we're not, in 20, 2015 they, or Thor whatever. Thor is going yeah. back to the present day. Uh, where no. everyone he loves is dead. <laughs> We're going to Morag from Guardians of the Galaxy, the opening of the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Nebula, Rhodey, Natasha, and Clint arrive on Morag, uh, and they've got like the shrunken Benatar with them. So they make it big again, because they can shrink things in Ant-Man. They make it big again, um, and Nat and Clint get into the Benatar, and they're like, okay, we're going to go to Vormir and get that stone, and then we'll meet you back at the compound when we travel forward in time again. Yep. Um. Uh. So, meanwhile, in this timeline, something kind of interesting is going on, and I don't really. I, I we're just going to present this as cleanly as we can because it's like this is where things get very choppy. In this timeline, Thanos is trying to get the Power Stone, which Ronan the Accuser has a lead on. So Ronan the Accuser knows that it's on Morag. We know this from Guardians of the Galaxy because Chris Pratt, as um as Quill, just beats them to the to that stone barely. Um, so Thanos is going to go get that stone and like, we know that this is going on. We actually have a cut to in this, we see Thanos talking with, uh, Gamora and Nebula from this, this timeline. 
Um, and it's worth noting this is back when Gamora was before Gamora had joined the Guardians of the Galaxy. If you recall what happened in Guardians of the Galaxy, she uh, initially is trying to get the stone herself, and then blah 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 falls in um, love with Quill. Falls in love with Quill for some reason, and Nebula is just like bad. She's just like a bad Nebula person. Desperately wants Thanos's approval, and so they're having this conversation, and then Nebula being a robot suddenly her network is hijacked because there are two nebulas in one timeline. Yes. So she starts to display like what the other nebula, the modern nebula, the quote-unquote good nebula, is seeing she to has, Thanos. Yes. She's like, she's basically, yeah, she has like... She's got radio interference. She's got radio interference. 5G is amazing. <laughs> it's, uh... So, um... She gets coronavirus. This is happening. <laughs> and uh, this is, we also see that like uh, on Morag... Our good Nebula is also having a similar experience, but they begin. Uh, Thanos and like his his weird cronies are like scanning bad Nebula's memory files, and they find all of these new memories that should not be there that seem to be from the future. Right, and in this way, Thanos learns what's going on. And so um, yeah, this is to say that old Thanos, Thanos in the past, before he has actually gotten any of the stones, realizes that the Avengers realize sees his own murder. Yeah. At Thor's hand and realizes that he one accomplishes his goal and two that accomplishment is trying the, the Avengers are traveling through time to undo his accomplishment. By by accomplishing by killing half the universe, he has only spurred the Avengers to try and stop right. it. Right. And it's so, important to note that he sees himself right before he is killed saying, I am inevitable. Yes. Oh, that's a good point. I'd forgotten about that. Which will matter. It will matter. <laughs> Um, so meanwhile, on Morag, Nebula and Rhodey are continuing, like, on their journey. They're just walking along. Um, Nebula notes that, like, she's aware of her other self out there somewhere. Uh, and they see Quill, like, doing his thing. Dancing. Dancing around. And this time, instead of, like, listening to the music and watching Quill dance, they just, like, incapacitate him. <laughs> it is very satisfying. This film knows that you don't really like Quill. I that is the, they, the most interesting thing about all of these, and it's such a weird problem for the Guardians movies, is that these movies lean into the fact that Quill sucks. Yeah, he literally he, he gets kicked in the balls later <laughs> in like what is I not usually a fan of a kick in the balls joke, but I liked it. <laughs> like this these this movie loves to beat up on Quill, and I love that. Um, so yes, in any case, they recover uh, the stone. They recover the stone, and Rhodey's like, "Okay, let's get out of here." And he he teleports back forward in time, and uh, Nebula is about to when her cybernetic implants go nuts, and she is like stunned and incapacitated and drops to the ground. Right. Um. At this point, I believe uh she like gets back up or something like that. And she's trying to escape, and she's trying to warn Nat and Clint, but she can't get there in time. She is taken like by a tractor beam. And Thanos' ship is like above Morag, and they now have she, she is captured. She's so captured. Now Thanos has both nebulas. Yeah, he has good good nebula and bad nebula. And as a result, basically, bad nebula says that she's going to impersonate good nebula, and she takes like this orange panel that good nebula has gotten over the course of whatever how many years, and puts it like on her head so that. She is now pretending to be the good nebula, and she will travel forward in time. Yes, rem so remember that, that we will refer to them as bad and good nebula from now on. But bad you will be confused the entire time. <laughs> bad nebula is pretending to be good nebula. They do it in the movie, and it works. They, they pull it, really it off. It really works. It really works. 
I can't emphasize soon enough. If this is totally incomprehensible to you, listener, it really works. It and really all does. it takes is watching all of the Marvel movies to watch this movie and have a freaking blast. 48 hours of your life. And you will love these three hours. You will maybe end up spending six hours of your life with this it's movie. It's true. You will love these three hours. You might not enjoy a large portion of the 48 hours that precede it. But they actually work into this paying In off. concert. Uh, let's go to my favorite scene in this entire movie. Uh, we are at S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters, the 1970s. We kick things off with a young Stan Lee riding in a car with some babes. Steppenwolf is playing. Yeah, de-aged. Uh, it is just rowdy, like uh, Cap and Stark are swanky. We're just having a good time. <laughs> Apparently, in the 70s, even the military was looser. Yes, it is. Yeah, they're doing like LSD tests in this yes. place, right? Like, it is great. There's like there's like a reference to like the Bee Gees. Um, it is delightful all throughout. Um, Tony is able to, so they sneak into the Shield HQ as like uh, a doctor and a scientist or something like that. Tony is able to get the Space Stone because it was lost in like these archives, these Indiana Jones-esque archives after World War II. Uh, so he like manages to get the Tesseract, which is again, the Space Stone. Um, and he's just about to leave when he runs into his dad, played, Howard Stark. Played by uh, John Slattery. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a quick question. Yeah. Did you notice the de-aging on John Slattery? I did not because that man just seems timeless. Guess what, dude? That's also digitally de-aged. I know. I didn't. I read about that afterwards. Oh, interesting. And I was like... I, I was... It, it jo overjoyed me because I don't notice any of it. Mm -hmm. And I know that you were very critical of it previously. And so I just was like... I and when, when we were watching it, I could tell you didn't notice it in that scene. Oh, because I and didn't say anything? Yeah. Because you you would love to call it out, and I was like, it works even on Matt. The, the hardest heart has I mean, been melted. But like John Slattery is also just like doesn't seem. I, I have no idea how old that dude is. I know he could be forty three, and he I would not, not be shocked. <laughs> uh, I just finished my second run through of Mad Men. Yeah, God, that dude is a treasure. Oh, he's he is fantastic. incredible. Yeah. Anyways, he's amazing as Tony's dad, also, and just what casting to have him be Tony's dad. It's excellent casting. It's so good. It's, 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 they're just Roger Sterling is yes. a version of Tony Stark. Yes, they're perfect. Yes, um, man, uh, Mad Men is really good, dude. Mad Men is awesome, dude. Latter Day Roger when he has the mustache, yes. yeah, and he's like experimenting with drugs and trying <laughs> yeah, to like so open, good. open, like deal with shit, like through, yeah, oh, <laughs> like alcohol isn't enough anymore. Yeah. Um. So, uh, <laughs> Tony like runs into his dad and they start having this conversation. He's got to pretend to be like the scientist. He can't let on that he is that this is his dad. Obviously, that he has a very complicated relationship with his dad because that is what these movies do. They talk about complicated relationships with your father. Yes. Um. And meanwhile, Cap is looking for more of the Pym particles. Right. And Which I, he, he locates. Yeah. I like this portion of it too. I like Tony and his dad, but I love this portion too. He's looking for the Pym particles. He gets the Pym particles. We see a young Michael Douglas. And when I say young, I don't mean like basic instinct 45 year old no. Michael Douglas, 22 this year is old or something. The only time that like, I've really noticed the de aging and felt it, or yeah. like they showed this shot and I was like, that's a computer man. I mean, they don't, they, he, you don't see him for long for a reason because I think that it was, it was straining, it was straining <laughs> the computer. <laughs> yeah. That thing was melting down. Yeah. We can't do this much longer. <laughs> but yeah, like basically like he's distracted by a call like that that uh, Captain America places. So he yeah. leaves the, the lab 
Captain America is able to get the Pym particles. He gets the Pym particles, and then he leaves. But there is uh, this uh, one of the, someone who is working has been is like kind of suspicious of them, and she's like describing like uh, Tony and Steve. Uh, no one recognizes Steve for Steve, you know, because it's been just long enough since World War II that they don't know who Steve Rogers. Well, and he's is. still missing. He's still missing. So he's just like a super soldier who kind of existed as a propaganda tool. And yeah. then now he's wearing a baseball cap, probably. Yeah. Right. He almost certainly is wearing but, a baseball cap. But like, the like, there's like some guards are like kind of maybe looking out for him. So he like ducks into this office, um, and he's in this office, and he's kind of like waiting for everything to die down outside. And he uh he like looks at this desk, and he sees that on this desk there's this uh this photo of a skinny Steve Rogers, and then he sees like this photo of Peggy with JFK. And he realizes that he's in Peggy's office. Yes, Peggy being the woman that he was, that in, he love was with, in love with, uh, but who was then like uh, basically abandoned in the yeah. previous timeline when he froze in the ice. And it's like there's always been like like he only ever saw Peggy again after she had dementia, so yeah. he never interacted with Peggy as Peggy again. But he's now here in 1970s, 25 years after World War II. He realizes that Peggy hasn't seen him in 25 years, but she still has a photo of Steve, and not even jacked Steve. Which is, I don't really get. No, nah, it's very confusing. I mean, I understand, like, you know, she loves she him, loves for, him, him, him or yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever. But for his ideals. Come, come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she has this photo, and, like, the, <laughs> like Jack what? Steve is still cool, and he's ripped as hell. It is, but it is a very, like, it's a very, like, moving moment to realize that, like, it, it's it's so cliche, but that it she is. still cares, and it's that she so, cared all, through all of this, she still she still cared about dude, him. Dude, you know, you could say it's so cliche about basically everything that happens, but yes. you know what? I like cliches. And the, the, when I like the characters, the character work I like is the just cliches. When the acting is there, I like them. And he like he like looks up and he realizes that like there's like an like an ante room to this office yeah. and he sees Peggy in there talking Dude, to some people. This and like, scene I mean, freaked me out because the idea that she could look up and see him, mm-hmm. not aged there, like like the ghost of Steve it Rogers. Really like. I, I don't know why. Maybe maybe like the highest my heart rate went in the entire film where I was just like, I just do not want these people to have to deal with the emotional fallout not of right that. This, not and right, then right him now. like having to run. Yeah. He immediately is just like, he has to get out of there. Yeah. So he just kind of watches her for a second and then he leaves. Meanwhile, Tony and his dad are like leaving, uh, like walking out of the shield base because his dad's about to head home and they're having this heart to heart. And like we learn that um, Tony in this timeline has not been born yet. He's actually just about to be born. Yeah. His dad wants a girl. It, yeah. <laughs> there's a great line about wanting a girl because he like doesn't want to like raise a kid that just turns out like him or something like that oh it's good it's it's again cliche but it like lands well and and it's great because tony has a girl and, it's and tony beautiful. has a girl and oh. like and um he basically like tony gives fathering advice to his father in this this like recursion kind of way that is inverted just, mobius strip yes it is it is just extremely satisfying and like very moving and in in similar to thor like tony gets closure he gets the closure with his dad i mean n- none of it's perfect but he gets like some sort of closure with his dad we're telling a story yeah um and he's man i just well, writing I mean, out writing out like the notes <laughs> i got chills just, just writing the they notes have this, this delightfully awkward moment where tony stark hugs his dad and goes Thank you for all you've done for this country. <laughs> and frankly, I'm it, it undercuts father, everything perfectly. His father deals with it remarkably well for a stranger having just hugged him. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is outside the coronavirus. Honestly, very, though, like you think about it, like Howard Stark works with a bunch of nerds all day. Yeah. Everybody that man interacts with is weird. Yes, this is true. Yeah. Like he hasn't interacted with a normal person in like 40 years. <laughs> 
Um, all right. It's yeah. it's great. Our it, boys, our boys got the scene. stone. They, Everything's good. We assume that they're going and back. And they've, they've had emotional journeys as well. Caps is not over, but there has been something. Like, Tony has found some some kind of closure, but Caps is only actually opened further. Right. Because right, he now right. realizes that, like, Peggy really did that He's did not the him. only one yeah. who's kept the flame alive. And, like, yes. the fact that he was in ice isn't the only reason that he felt that way. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, it's really good. Uh, let's go to a scene that also has a lot of emotional heavy lifting, oh. but like some fingers get crushed in yeah, the process. Yeah, this this scene, man. I want these emotions. If, you, to if land. you've seen this movie, you know exactly what we're about to talk okay, about. Okay, yeah, let's go. Yeah. So let's go. We're gonna travel to Voromir, um, where Nat and Clint arrive, um, and they like start climbing this mountain. We've seen this all before because we saw Thanos do this in Infinity War, and they run into Red Skull, and he like gives them the whole spiel about like how this all works, and he's like, "It's a soul for a soul." So they now are like at the top of this mountain. There's this cliff this cliff's edge and they're just like all right um i guess one of us has to die they try to like talk out of like they try to figure out a, a way around this yeah but it's clear that there's no way it's around clear that there's it. no way around this and like like red skull goes out of his way to be like it is it is irre- like it is irreversible like whatever happens it is it is set in stone um, red skull goes out of his way is such a funny red skull's minorly inconvenienced <laughs> by having to explain the rules of vormir he actually pre- he seems pretty into it i shouldn't say goes out of his way i mean yeah he's just like but I, he, like he stresses that it is irreversible i know almost that, as though he knows what they are trying to do in, in the larger scheme of things it feels like i'm trying to encourage disney plus to release a different show which is not what i'm doing but i want to know about red skull's journey from i do too. guy who touched the tesseract to ghost guardian of vormir it's very strange that they do it other than they're just like we got hugo weaving on retainer i guess we could just like but throw like, him in there who was here's my number one question yeah. before 1944 or whatever who was running who was running vormir, vormir? <sighs> and what happened to that person this is this is literally this is like why comics exist and why they have the longevity that they do is because someone will ask that question and then they will answer it in a 12 arc like 12 issue arc at some point there's just there's so much there i never really got it and now i'm the person asking the questions and you know i mean the amazing thing is that you want all this like it's all in the comic books i mean i can't but like i i i don't I'm not saying the that I'm not suggesting aren't, aren't this. You they're know what not, I mean? No, they're they're not this. They're they're not nearly as polished. But it's like that's the interesting thing is that like this goes oh, the, the well. That. The well is as deep as the as I, you want. I it to respect be. and I understand that yeah. in a way that I never did before. There's there's we've talked about my uh, complete run of Excalibur. <laughs> if you want that, by the way, it's now seventy nine ninety nine. Whoa. Um, I'm willing to part for it with it for that much. One hundred fifty issues. Think about that. It's uh, a lot of issues. It's it's, it's almost the uh, the. It's almost as many issues as I have. <laughs> uh almost the cover price added up um they actually there's a reference in this to excalibur when peggy is talking she mentions a uh a braddock and braddock is the name of captain britain did you increase the price of your collection As, immediately happened? because there's been a reference now and they're gonna excalibur confirmed <laughs> i want that pub friendly x x men content um <laughs> Anyway, I where the beer know. is warm. <laughs> where are we even going? Um, anyway, we're oh, on yeah, Vormir. So we're on Vormir, and uh, they're trying to find a way out of this because obviously they just like aren't like we don't. They don't want to kill one another. They don't want to. They do love each or other. They don't want. They don't have to kill one another, but like we don't want one of them to die. Well, so this is, and this is a point that I actually have a question like yeah. that I don't understand about this. So basically, and 
I don't want to jump ahead necessarily. But like, if but one like, of them dies, what is the sacrifice necessarily? And at what point, like, does someone have to push? Some, like, it was clear with Thanos. Thanos pushes Gamora. Thanos throws Gamora over the edge. Yes. Whereas in this case, basically, what this devolves neither into of them wants to hurt the other is or is willing to hurt the other. Nat and, and Clint are just fighting to jump into the pit because they, neither one wants the other one to die. They agree that they said like earlier on that they were going to get the stones. At all costs. And there's yeah. a scene where they look at each other and they're and she's like, at all costs. And he's yes. like, at all costs. And then they it's like a pause for a second. And then they both like scramble. And you're like, it probably then, means something. So like we get a we get an action sequence here where both are trying to sacrifice themselves. Like you said, they're they're fighting. There's like all this trickery. There's this moment where Clint like pretends to accept and he's like, you know, you're right. Like, I'll let you in order to so that Nat lets her defenses down for just a second. Yeah. So the movie's constantly flipping back and forth on us as who's going to actually die. Um, we hope it's Clint because he's the less interesting character, but he also we, has a family. Dude, that's, you know, it's funny because I'm clearly meant to be like, he has so much to live for, yeah. but the whole time I'm just like, please kill him because I like Black Widow. Yes, I, I want more Black Widow I content that, and I don't exactly, give a shit about Clint. <laughs> like, and so, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a second too, because what happens is that Clint manages to leap off. And you see him just like jump into into the like over the abyss cliff into the whatever, abyss, yeah. and then at the last second, uh, Nat catches him mid air, and uh, they're both falling. But she saves them by firing like her grappling hook. She like latches a rope to him. She so latches that, a rope to his belt, yeah, and then um, and then like like continues to fall herself. But he grabs her at the last second. Yeah. Um, and there's like this whole thing where he's just like he says he literally says at one point, "Damn you." And she's just like, let me go. And he's like, no, I won't. But then she slips anyway. Yeah. she and, and so that's what's weird about it to me is it's like, I thought the premise of this world was that it had to be a sacrifice. And it's like, is it a sacrifice if somebody does it so that you don't have to? It's like their sacrifice, so, I guess. So I went back to read the script very carefully, what, what Red Skull says. And I didn't write this down, but rereading it, like the idea is that like, it just wants blood. It wants it want you have to walk away having lost something. I see. Okay. And that's the idea is that like it's the this we get hung up on the so word you could, sacrifice. You could throw your Excalibur comics over the edge. Yes, and that and, would be worthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you walk away with the stone. <laughs> Give me a call, Red Skull. Great um, great shot, honestly, of him when he gets the stone in the like little pool of water holding the stone yes. immediately after because he like warps to this like outside of the pit, you know what I mean? Holding the stone. And it is like genuinely kind of mournful. Particularly for you, the viewer, because you're like, the wrong kid died. Yeah. I mean, there's a very like raw shot of like Nat at the bottom of this yeah. abyss, just like blood pooling Which out so under her head. Which is so rough because you, I didn't want her to die. Anyways, if, no, if that had been Hawkeye, I wouldn't have really felt the, as much. I but. genuinely wonder, and I know that we're we're getting into analysis here a little bit, but I genuinely wonder like whether they, how much they went back and forth on that. Because I think that the reason that Nat dies is because they thought that not, this isn't the only reason, but they thought that that would be more surprising. And granted it is, I would have hundred percent, my money would have been on Hawkeye. Oh, see, I would have bet on her because you get the emotional payoff. Cause like we know her. That's true. But like you also then remove her from the rest of the movie, which is a, which is like, it's a loss. It's a huge, yeah, no, it's a loss, but it's like it's also surprising to me that they are willing to remove her from the rest of the movie. I mean, this movie, in in its corporate ways, is pretty bold in a lot of different ways that are like within the framework of I'm making yeah. this multi-billion-dollar corporate monstrosity. They are going for it. So I also want to ask: Did this scene work for you? Being because no. <laughs> it's such a cornerstone scene. This, it's, it's clear this is the first beat where you were supposed to be like, oh fuck, dude. Well, it's just. 
Like things things are going to happen in this The movie. problem is I don't want her to die. Number yes. one. So I do feel bad when she dies. And not just like because of like it's not just I mean, it is very much because I like this character and I want to see more of I this, do character, like this character. But also just like because it just seems like logistically I don't know, just like Well, I think that from a storytelling perspective, and I guess that this is the weird thing, is like I don't want her to die. I think it does make sense from a story perspective for her to die because she really is just like the most depressed, the one who has the least. And that's awful. Like that's not good, right? Like that's like a deep, dark, depressing hole to be in on the middle of Vormir. But But she's starting to like reestablish. I wish I wish whether they gave her like more time. I'm with you, man. Yeah. I think that like the biggest issue is that like like I said before, I don't really. I have to remind myself that they have a friendship, and I want this to hit harder because oh. of their friendship, and because, especially because, like, she never got a movie. I agree. She like Natasha never got a movie. So, and like, you make a movie, you have Clint be part of that movie, you reestablish their their yes. friendship, yes, and then this this hits like like a fucking freight train, yes, and it could, it could, yeah, it plays just a little weird, like it it just doesn't quite lock in for me. Yes, same. And it's funny because I feel like both of the Vormir scenes are kind of weak points in their movies where they should be really powerful. Yeah. And in both cases, you're like, I kind of don't have quite enough here. And that that's rough because yeah. like you, if you built this scenario where it's like somebody's going to have to sacrifice somebody else, obviously you're making that like a cornerstone emotional beat in your movie, right? Like you can't avoid it. Yeah. But it's in both it's like, cases a little shy. I want to feel bad about the loss of Nat, not because I like Nat as a character, <laughs> but because I love Nat but, as a character. Or, or moreover, you want to feel bad about it because of how rough it is for Clint. That's yeah, the problem. That's a very good point. Like, yeah, because I just, like Jeremy Renner's like sad face does not do much for me. Well, and but you, maybe and you if, don't have that relationship with him. You need to yeah. love both of them. So that your pain is being like manifested in him. Yeah, that's very true. Whereas exactly. in this case, I only feel bad because I'm like, you killed a person I like. You gotta you go did, get that son of a bitch. You didn't kill the person I don't like. Yes, exactly. I'm more upset about the fact that they don't kill Hawkeye. Yes, in a yes, sense. which is which is the opposite yeah. of where you need to be. Um. So anyway, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Nat so is anyways, dead. that was rough for us, but not for the reasons they wanted. Yeah. Let's go back to Earth, back to our reality. Everyone arrives back except for Nat. It is in- is it's sad to see Hulk deal with this too. Oh, Smart yeah. Hulk. Well, Smart Hulk well, still Hulk, has feelings, and this and is the first like, moment where you see him break down. That's like the weirdest thing is that like. Hulk there's has that, more of a relationship. Yes, there is a Hawkeye Nat thing, but yes. the Hulk Nat relationship I feel like is much better developed, and is the reason I really like her. Is like the first inroad you have to her. Yeah, is the Hulk. I do respect that the that they go with a non romantic relationship to to play with there. I like. I respect that. Like they choose like a platonic relationship to examine in that regard. But I think you're 100 percent right that the Hulk Nat relationship is more well established. It's the one that I think of. Yes, it's the it's and it's like you said exactly. It's the it's it's in Age of Ultron is when they really start to develop her as a character. Yeah, and that's a lot of that work is done through her, her and the Hulk, like and their 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 feelings and the conflicting the the conflicting nature of what it is to be yeah. a superhero and be in love, beat these people <laughs> and deal with everything these people are dealing with. Love in the time of Ultron. Oh my God. Um, uh, so. Uh, also, we have to remember that uh, everybody's come back, including Nebula, but this is our false Nebula. Yeah, so the fake Nebula is now among us. Yeah, she, she's That's ex- a reference extra to smirky. a popular video game. 
<laughs> I haven't heard of this game. Oh, it's pretty fun. There's a there's a false nebula among you. <laughs> um, so they meanwhile they, Tony is building a new gauntlet. A new gauntlet. They the have like stones. they have like a mini funeral for Which, for Nat that like kind of doesn't land. Despite the Hulk throwing a bench as though it is a skipping stone. Yeah, dude, that that sequence is kind of weird. It's it's like it's like it's forced in there, and you're it, part of you is like, okay, I understand you need to do this, but maybe also get working on that. Agreed. That gauntlet. Agreed. Well, the, also the strange thing about the gauntlet, and I don't want to derail this further, but like I thought that like a star dwarf had to make the other gauntlet, so it's like weird to me that Tony is able to manufacture a gauntlet. I think it just like has something to do with the nano machines can do anything argument. I mean, I'm with you because they're just like making it in real time. It's like he's just designing well, and it. And it can it's fit just like anybody. he's like he's like in de- in in design, just like putting it together, and it's like making it the 3D printers. Just yeah, yeah. Cause, well, and it can, can fit anybody. It can fit because anybody because the question is like who is going? They have the stones. They have a gauntlet. Who is going to do the snap? And Thor is like, I'll do it. I am the the mightiest <laughs> Avenger, and everybody like looks at his belly, and they're just like, oh, he's clearly drunk when he says yeah. it. Like it's like oh. uh, he's like found closure with his mom, but he is. Not really dealt with his alcoholism. <laughs> uh, so the Hulk is just like, uh, there's actually a lot of radiation in this shit, and I have a history of dealing with radiation. So how about if I do it? Yeah, and it almost killed Thanos, and I'm frankly the most Thanos looking of all of the yeah, Avengers. I, I'm I am the big boy. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So they put um, the thing on him. They put the thing on him. Meanwhile, we see that Bad Nebula is like looking around, being sneaky, and like sneaks over to the the big time machine, the quantum, the quantum like accelerator, the or time machine that took everybody back. The t- yeah, that they've been using so far. Um, and so she's like messing around with that, like put some cords from her fingers into the machine, typing away. R two D two in. Yeah. Uh, and Hulk puts on this gauntlet with and the Infinity Stone. It seems to cause him an immense amount of pain. Yes, it is. There's heat metal on that. Uh, but he manages to get it together, and he lifts up his hand, and he snaps. Simultaneously, we see that Bad Nebula has brought Thanos' warship, like, into this reality into this reality using the time machine it is like outside the avengers hq i think that scott like the snap happens yes. and scott like notices that like something has changed there are birds there are there are birds suddenly. because it's half of all life yes. and that is actually an interesting thing too and then it's half of, it's all, half life, of all life so it's like yeah. there, the fact that there would just be like fewer birds so also clint's cell phone buzzes uh so this is all happening like all at once but His then, cell phone buzzes, and we see that it's Linda Cardellini we calling. See, yeah, we see her, we see her her beautiful face for a moment. We we can dream. Yeah. We just think again, Jeremy Renner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> um, and just as everything seems okay, a bunch of missiles and rockets and space lasers and everything, every weapon this is like yeah. buzz saws, <laughs> dude. <laughs> regular like, old shotgun. The whole arsenal. <laughs> On the Avengers headquarters, and for some reason, it blows up, but nobody dies. Also, in my um, in my uh, my recap, I wrote it destories everything, <laughs> destorying. Instead of writing destroy, I mistyped it oh, as destroy. I, I see you did do you did do that. I didn't even uh, notice. But uh, that's kind of like I legitimately thought. I thought, oh god, we have to start all over at this point because I thought they were all dead. Oh, I didn't. The, I didn't. The think way that. that the rocket hits, I it feel blows like up everything. It blows up everything. I was like watching it a second time. They kind of like lock down the whole building when they do the. Snap. That's true. Just in case, and if, so yeah. like like 
my understanding is like Tony Stark has built something and this place is kind of impervious. Yeah. Whatever. So now we have legitimately hit the end game. Yeah, we are in it. Thanos descends. Things are about to get extremely complicated, even as like you were excited by for the, the movie. standards of this film. By the standards of this film, in order to explain what is going on, we are about to cross cut so much. Um, okay, here's the most important thing: is that on Thanos' ship, or not the most important thing. Here are some highlights: on Thanos' ship, Good Nebula, who is captive, manages to convince New Timeline Gamora, time traveling Gamora from the past. Yes, time traveling Gamora from the past to uh, turn on Thanos. That Gamora is good, just like our Gamora, R.I.P., and she helps uh, Good Nebula escape. Meanwhile, Scott uh, is able to, as Ant-Man, Lang is able to help Smart, Smart Hulk and Rhodey escape like a bunch of rubble. And we see that that Hulk's arm is destroyed. Like, yeah, he his literally arm got can't messed use up. his arm yeah. following doing the snap. Um Meanwhile, then Clint is also in this like rubble tunnel somehow. I don't know how he got the down. The phrase there. "rubble tunnel." Rubble tunnel. I know. I like it. It's good. Um, it's not hard enough. Like I love how soft the bees are. Yeah. Rubble tunnel. Rubble tunnel. So he picked up the 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 gauntlet when Hulk dropped it following the snap. Yes. Because it like fell off of his arm and it was like super hot. But now it's cool. He's Clint able, picks it up he and he's kind of running in his rubble tunnel with the gauntlet. But then like we see that there are some of those weird space dogs chasing him from uh, Infinity War. So Clinton's like firing his bow, holding the gauntlet, like running along his tunnel. Uh, and Tony and Steve seem to be okay. And in fact, like Tony, like, like, like gets Steve up. Like Steve is like falling. He like gets, he like gives him a hand up and then he hands him the shield. Um, and they walk over and find Thor like at the edge of like the ruined compound. It's, it's important to note that like everything looks incredibly apocalyptic right now. Like, I mean, the sky is just like yeah. full of like dirt and haze and like, there's an enormous spaceship hovering there. There's an enormous spaceship hovering there. Like just the everything is like it's just like ruins all around. Uh so they find they find like Thor standing. Also Thor is wearing his armor by the way. They have made good on the armor, but it is it, pot-bellied oh, armor. Oh yeah, it, it contains his girth. <laughs> they can they commit to the fat Thor to such a degree. Well, it, it is funny cuz it's like why was he ever in shape? Because he can do whatever he, he's a freaking he's a god. god. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't like clearly like his being out of shape is not actually his being out of shape. Right, right. Um, it is just he's just it's it's all about the look. <laughs> he was only ever in shape for the look. Yeah, dude. Um, and Thor is just watching Thanos, who is just like like sitting in the middle of like he's sitting on some rubble. Yeah, in the middle of all of this rubble, he is sitting on some rubble, and he's just like waiting. And uh, Tony and Cap walk up to Thor, and they're like, "What's going on?" He's like, "He's just sitting there." Um, and I think like Cap is like, "Is like it's a it's a trap." And right. uh, someone's like, "Yeah, but we're going down anyway." <laughs> <laughs> but we are the Avengers. Yeah, just as long as we're in agreement on this, we are going to go down there. Right. We're going to fight this dude. Um, so they go down. They go talk to Thanos. Thanos like gives this like speech where he's talking about how this time he's going to kill everyone because clearly like. You, you, you tried to use just like half the population last time and it just like you know rebounded. that didn't go so it great. didn't go so great so like they he's they've taught him a lesson and now he knows he's angrier than ever and yeah. he is inevitable yes um so uh they start fighting thanos fight 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 there's uh yeah thor um has both his hammer and his axe stormbreaker uh and like thanos has like this darth maul ass like dual bladed like, yeah they're yeah. just like swinging around um meanwhile like so yeah they're all fighting Thanos bad nebula like Clint like claw, uh, crawls out of like his his rubble tunnel 
and uh, finds Bad Nebula there, and she's like gonna kill him, and we're like, oh no, not now. But then Gamora and Good Nebula get to her first, and it's like, bye, Bad Nebula. Yeah, and so now the gauntlet is still safe with Clint. It is still safe, safe with Clint. Yeah, uh, Thanos is kicking Thor, Cap, and Tony's butts, though. It is not looking good. Uh, Tony is like kind of incapacitated, and like like goes is like momentarily unconscious. Um, Thor calls Stormbreaker, but then like at one point, like Thanos is just like beating Thor's face in, and then Thor like calls on Stormbreaker, but Thanos intercepts it and grabs like the axe, and he just starts like pressing it into Thor's like. And you're like, are they going to kill Thor right now? It feels like it, but then all of a sudden, (laughs) uh, Captain America throws Thor's hammer into Thanos, and you're like, of course he is worthy. Yes, and, and it comes back around and he catches yeah, it. Yeah, it's so sick. And, and Thor, of course, says, like, I knew it! And, yeah. and it's a nice callback. It's to... frankly good for Thor that he got a different weapon because yes. this just feels right. Yeah. Um, it, like, it, it's it's the callback to Age of Ultron. It feels real good. It actually it is. is very satisfying. Oh, it's so... Well, because you knew he could do it. Yeah, he, he is also worthy. Um, yeah, there's just like this great sequence where Steve like grabs the hammer again. Like I think like the Captain America theme plays momentarily. Oh, dude, it's sick. And there's then, one where he throws the shield and then throws the hammer into it, and it's oh, it's awesome. There's so much fun there. It's, dude, just in a video game uh, ass yes, way to action movie sense. Yeah. All of this is directed really well. It's fun. It's clear. It's legible. Oh, it's very yeah, very good. There's fun stuff happening. People are punching, but it's, it's enjoyable. It's also very dire, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Also, uh, though everybody could die, even even with the hammer, like Thor is down for the count. Tony's out. Like, uh, like Cap is doing his best, but Thanos is like, like ripping into him, and like he's just like pushed back to like. Oh yeah, I'm, he's I'm not, I'm not saying. Oh no, no, I didn't. Yeah, I was. I'm just, not was, trying to make light of what was clearly a no, serious this is, this situation. Very serious situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's very dangerous. It's Twilight of the Superheroes. Indeed. Um, there's like this scene where Thor or where uh Cap is just like pushed back by Thanos, and he just like. He's got like this gash on his arm, and he just like tightens the shield. Oh yeah, and like just like you, you know, he's like using like the shield as like a tourniquet, <laughs> as a and, brace. Yeah, yeah, and like and then just like he's not sure how he's gonna do this, and then you just hear like this radio chatter kind of, and you're like, wait, what's going on? And like I guess they all have earpieces in so that of they course, can talk. They're the Avengers. Yeah, and then you just hear you heard Birdman Sam, and he just says, "Cap on your left," and you're like, "Birdman Sam? <laughs> he did he bring the Uzis? He did bring his Uzis. <laughs> he did, of course he you did." everywhere with them um and like so we have this all is lost moment and then these giant portals open and like the entire <laughs> wakandan army comes marching out like a bunch of asgardian soldiers come there, marching there are out people you've never seen before and oh, also everyone you have yeah. seen before including uh t'challa of t- course which is awesome yeah. oh, oh man very th- stoked to see t'challa and he's there with like shiri as well and yeah. akoye is also coming <laughs> also even like- though she survived but she's there as well um, Birdman Sam. Yes, as w- I mean, gosh, we love Birdman Sam. <laughs> the Doctor's there. Doctor Strange, Spider Man, Quill, Quill, mm-hmm. uh, but Spider Man, Drax, everybody, and you know everybody's fighting. Spider Man and Tony embrace. You yes, know what I mean, yeah. like there's this moment of like, oh my god, I can't believe you're back. Um, and what's happened is when the snap, like when the second snap happened, that brought everybody back somehow Doctor Strange like popped to all these people and was like, we got to go and then opened these portals and brought them into this moment because all has been foreseen. Yeah. Uh, and so we're kind of like following the gauntlet as it 
fall like flips around and goes different places. And all yeah. That kind of stuff. So what they realize has to happen is that they need to get the gauntlet away from Thanos because Thanos wants to use the gauntlet, which Clint was carrying, to to snap again, but this time destroying all life. So they're like, we have to get the, the gauntlet out of here and we need to go back in time and restore the prior timeline. So, but, but Thanos destroyed our time machine and Scott's like, well, that might be another one. And we're like, oh, the X-Con van. Yeah, of of course. course. It has a mini quantum accelerator or whatever in the back. Um, so uh, Lang and the Wasp, like Lang and, and Hope, uh, head over to the van and they start like working on the quantum accelerator, getting it in shape so that they can uh, work everything. Meanwhile, they need to get the gauntlet to the van. So as we're watching like all of this fight, fight, fight going on, like Thanos's minions are also here. Everybody's fighting. It is, Every you get, you single get that, character you yeah. have ever seen in any movie you've ever, you've ever seen. Like literally, if you've seen a movie, is that Howard person the is in this. Howard the Duck might be there. He probably is in some of these um, we see like the, there's like you get like the big shot of like the two armies like yeah. marching no, towards each deep. other. Yes, exactly. Um, that moment, one moment we get Quill sees Gamora again, like, but it's not his Gamora, so she actually doesn't know him because she's never yeah. met Peter Quill, and so like he's just a skis, which we all knew anyway. Yeah, and she like saves his life, and he like goes into like hug her because like to him, Gamora is is it's the Gamora, love of his Gamora life. Is Gamora. Yeah, and then she like knees him in the balls, and then. Uh, like Nebula explains the situation and, and Gamora is like him and Nebula is like it was him or a sentient tree. <laughs> uh, also Rocket's here. I, for Rocket's here like doing his rocket thing. Everybody's doing stuff. Rocket League. Um, so yeah, we follow the arc of this gauntlet through all of this and it goes from Clint to T'Challa and I think Thanos almost gets it from T'Challa but then Wanda shows up. Probably and she's like she's got that line and like Scarlet, you took everything yeah, from me and she's like so wildly powerful and she's yeah. like throwing things with her witch powers and it kind of seems like maybe she could just take him out right here but um T'Challa gets away thanks to her and he manages to hand it off to Spider Man and various people help Spider Man like at one point Cap throws the hammer and Spidey like uses his web to get on the hammer yeah, and just like flies cool. around like that yeah it's fun there's like lots of fun stuff going on. I, I I sound kind of nonplussed when I say that, but like it is in the it moment, is genuinely it is action. It is the thing that you wanted to do with your action figures when you were a kid. Yes, it's also worth noting that Disney Plus is terrible. Uh, mm. And Disney Plus during this sequence repeatedly would just like chop up and the frame rate would drop. And so this is one of the reasons I also rewatched this movie is because I wanted to see it all happen. And good guess point. what? It's all really well shot, but you can't tell because Disney's own streaming service is not good. Yeah. It like yeah. there's all sorts of hitching and we've experienced it. It was Disney it was Plus. gross. And it's then it bad. would try and catch up with itself yeah. so it like move. Yeah, it was just weird. Uh, it was particularly bad with this fast motion. So Disney fix that. Valkyrie's like flying around on her Pegasus. Yeah, and it's and it's running at like a slideshow occasionally yeah. because of Disney Plus. So there's this moment when all this is happening. Like there's like a also like a tidal wave coming in. I don't remember. Why is there a tidal wave coming in at some point? Remember that Doctor Strange is like holding back a tidal wave. Oh, I don't really. Remember yeah, Doctor Strange has to hold back a tidal wave. Stuff's anyway, going on, man. He and Tony have this like quick conversation. Tony's just like kind of quippy. He's like, "You said we win one in fourteen million. Is is this the one where we win?" <laughs> and Strange just looks at him and says, "If I tell you what happens, it won't happen." Yeah, and we're all just like, "Oh, <laughs> well, that doesn't seem good." Oh, I don't know. So uh, we get like Captain Marvel also comes in and she just like breaks Thanos' ship in half. Yeah, yeah, like flies through his ship, blows it up, and you're like, honestly, why did we need anybody else? Yes, it's just like there's going to be a loss of life. Why that can't is not she necessary. just fly through Thanos? <laughs> 
better than the Ant-Man theory. <laughs> like, honestly, like, she can fly through things and blow them up. Yeah. Uh, um, but Peter, like, like sees her, and he, like, gives her the gauntlet. Um, and uh, she's, like, going to get the gauntlet the rest of the way to Lang. Uh, but it's clear there's going to be To send tough. back in time. Yeah, to send it back in time. Because she's going to get it to the van where the time machine is. Uh, but it's clearly going to be tough. There's, like, all of these enemies in their way. So, like, she um, all of a sudden, like, out of nowhere, like, Wanda, Okoye, Gamora, Nebula, Valkyrie, like every Hope, and Shuri, all the female Marvel, Marvel character. characters, like, show up. And, like, there's this very cool long shot where it is just, like, the group of them just, like, helping Captain Marvel get... Oh, yeah, and it's worth noting that Pepper is there in an Iron Man oh, suit. Oh, right, yeah, Pepper like, is there and in my her... dream of Iron Maiden comes Iron... true. <laughs> yes. Iron Maiden exists in this... Uh, I forgot that Pepper was there. Yeah. Um, even though that's pretty important that Pepper is there. <laughs> it is So important. Pepper Pepper also shows up and, like, and helps out. So there's, like, this very... This, like, um, this, this sequence that could very easily risk feeling... Uh, like cheesy or pandering. I think it's both cheesy and pandering and awesome. It just I think it works. It, I think it's all, of but them. it doesn't. But yeah, but it is not limited by its yeah, cheesiness that's, that's or its pandering. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I know I'm being pandered to. I know it's cheesy, and, it's and it's so, I'm enjoying it. It's so well shot and so well like cut together. And I don't think it's actually cut together. I think it might even be one shot. It is. I can't it remember. is. They all like assemble and yeah. Like, go. It's very cool. Um. But Thanos picks up on what they're trying to do, and so he grabs Carrie Coon's spear. Because let's not forget that Carrie Coon plays Proxima she's back. Midnight. She's got she's Proxima got her spear. Midnight, our favorite character, Proxima <laughs> Midnight. He grabs Carrie Coon's spear and he throws it into the van, destroying the van and like throwing everybody back. No, the gauntlet goes wide. Um, it lies on the ground. Uh, Thanos gets to it first. He like runs and grabs the th- gauntlet, but Captain Marvel keeps him from closing his hand. <clears throat> Um, yeah, so she's like successful keeping him down, but then he like pulls the power stone out of the, this is a really cool moment. He pulls the power stone out of the gauntlet and he just like punches her. And like, because he's holding the power stone in the hand that he punches (laughs) with, he can apparently hold these stones. I think he's just that powerful. I know, but that's also just like, it's, it's all dumb. He's so, he's so, he's so powerful. (laughs) How is he so powerful? Because he's purple. (laughs) I guess he's purple. He's purple, man. (laughs) Um, and so he like punches her away. So like this is all about to happen and Tony and Strange at this point just like lock eyes and then they go and make out for a bit I wish because it's the end of the world and they were just like I love your goatee and he's like, like I so love soft. your goatee <laughs> no nope our no. dreams don't come true they, instead something very bad and good happens uh, they lock eyes Tony seems to understand something he lunges at Thanos they wrestle, but do not make out. Yes. They wrestle with the gauntlet for a moment, but then like Thanos is able to knock Tony back. And then what happens? Oh, I didn't know. I'd be given this privilege. This is the gauntlet, man. I'm throwing the gauntlet to you. It's <laughs> your turn. It. So yeah, like Tony Stark falls back. The stones, like Thanos goes to snap. He snaps, but nothing happens. Yeah. We cut. And as he's snapping, he says, I am inevitable reprising the thing he said last time yeah uh <laughs> thing he learned to say from himself <laughs> yeah that he learned to say from himself and we cut to tony stark we see that he actually has the stones on his hand because the nano machines could pull it off of the other thing it's like forming a gauntlet in on, real time yeah on his hand and he says i am iron man and he snaps the thing and you're like god damn it this is awesome yeah and uh it's very good. And I, then, like, everything goes white. Smash cut. Yeah. Like, and then, like, everything goes white. And then we, like, everything is paused. 
and we see like the battlefield oh. as like all of the the people from the the prior timeline, including Gamora in this case, unfortunately. Um, and but all the monsters, all Carrie Coon herself, they just dissolve. They get dusted. Yeah, they get dusted. And Thanos just like doesn't even say another thing. I was interested in this, like revisiting re- the script. Thanos doesn't say a word. He just like sits down and then turns to dust. Yeah, he just he knows he lost. Um, but. We see Tony, and he has been kind of wrecked by the gauntlet and the stones. He does not look good. <laughs> they do an incredibly, yeah. they do an incredible job of making it clear from the moment that you see Tony Stark that Tony Stark is not walking out of this. Well, and he doesn't. He doesn't talk. He doesn't at say all a word. Anymore. No, his last word. Yeah, yeah, the last thing he says is, is I'm Iron, Iron Man. Man. Yeah, it's it's just good. He's just he looks sick it is difficult to look at him because he looks like because he looks like a dying unwell person. yeah, yeah. And, they, and so they prop like, him up and one he's like eye in is the like suit, bloodshot and the yeah. suit's like messed up and his arm is just wrecked with the rest of him too and peter like <laughs> peter like swings down and he's like trying to talk to him and he's just like like trying to get him to stay with him um because of the peter tony peter and, tony dynamic is well, such and, a good late and now stage you're marvel getting the actual uncle ben yes scenario reverse yeah yeah, yeah it's a it's double a, reverse <laughs> Uh, it's 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 so satisfying and good. But then, this the, when Pepper shows up, and she just she just says she just says Friday like what's the situation? And Friday's like life signs are critical. Yeah, and her, she her just, computer's called Friday. Uh, his computer is also called Friday. I think. Called I think they're all called Friday. I don't know. That's unclear. Yeah. But like, um, she just looks at Tony and she just says, "Tony, we're okay. You can rest now." Yeah. And like, and he dies. <laughs> And Gwyneth Paltrow handles that scene like a fucking champ. It is funny too because, like, I feel like genu- generally I felt like she's a little disinterested, but agreed in a way that's kind of charming, right? For like yes. the character, but now there's this element where it's like everybody suddenly shows up because, like, well, this is obviously pretty messed up. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's it's rough, man. And then we get like an epilogue that probably lasts. Another 40, 20 minutes, 40, 50 minutes. I have no idea. Yeah. We start with a Tony voiceover. It's another one of his, like, we know that he's in the habit of recording these, like, um, yeah. these diary pieces. Like, ever since he was in space, he's clearly been, like, <laughs> ever since that together. time when he was in space for three weeks by himself. Yeah. And almost died. Um, so we get this voiceover. Well, we see, like, Peter back in high school. Um, he's Ned is there. So I guess Ned was caught up in the snap. Yeah. Too, it seems like so. Ned and, and yeah, Ned is not like suddenly five years older and like, and like so svelte and in like six foot five. I also would have accepted that though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would have been, that actually, that actually would have been, been pretty cool. But I like the kid that plays Ned so much. <laughs> I know they couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, we see like the Barton homestead Clint's back with his family. Uh, we see Wakanda, we get the sunset in Wakanda again. We do. Um, and then we get the we go to the Stark home, uh, and we get like the the voiceover ends with Tony just like saying like to everybody like I love you three thousand yeah it was a nice callback oh and there's and there's a shot at this funeral where everybody is standing with like their part of the Avengers and it's so stupid right like yes. this long tracking shot it's so dumb they, it and is, yet I'm watching it and I'm just like oh we're all here together it's part in the back of my head I'm like they got Michelle Pfeiffer to do this. <laughs> You're like, but like but also you're at the same time, like, I'm, I'm like, sitting with my part of the Avengers, and we're all paying tribute to Tony. Well, part of me felt like, yeah, like you and I, yes. you and I are at this funeral as well. <laughs> totally, dude. Totally. Um, it's 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 very it, it works. It all works, and is way more moving than it should be. <laughs> yeah, that's it. This is all way more moving than it should. It be. is, and it like is really remarkable. Um, 
so yeah, funeral scene. There's a great moment between Happy Hogan uh, and again, who's the, played by John Favreau, the man who actually kicked all of this off with the first Iron Man. He's still in these movies. It's just he's still absurd, in these movies, the and he talks. He's talking with Tony's daughter, and he's just like, "You hungry?" And yeah. He's, yeah. He's like, "I'll make." She's like, "I want a hamburger," and it's like, uh, it all just it feels good. It's a lot, man. It feels bad, but it feels good. Exactly. Um, so we're gonna catch up on some other folks. We go to New Asgard where uh, Thor is still fat still fat but uh he's having a conversation with valkyrie as they're like over on like a bluff overlooking new asgard and he hands her the keys to the camaro he (laughs) says i do not want to be the king of asgard and so you should be the leader of asgard and i am going to go travel the stars with my new friends leading to a great sequence yeah. On board the Guardians of the Galaxy ship, where it's clear that there is a little bit of a power struggle between Thor and Quill. It revives that same dynamic from uh, from Infinity War. Yeah, that was so strong that made me think that like the 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 Russo brothers can do James Gunn better than James Gunn Yo, can do James Gunn because they can rein it in. I wish that James Gunn wasn't directing Guardians Three. Yeah, but the prospect of a Thor Guardians thing. Very exciting. Compelling. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the real moneymaker here. <laughs> yes. This is, uh, they they still have to send the stones back to where they came from. Right. And Steve volunteers to do this. They've actually built a third version of the time machine outdoors even. It's yeah, like an outdoor shower. Scenic. And I think he goes back with the hammer. He does go back with the hammer. He badass. takes the hammer back. So Steve like takes everything. So he says cool. he says his goodbyes to to Bucky and to We forgot that Bucky was there this whole time too. I mean, I never forgot, but I knew that you weren't going to care. <laughs> yeah. Bucky's Bucky's cool. Bucky's I like cool, Bucky man. at this point. Bucky's at this cool. point I like Bucky. Um I like Bucky and Sam now have a dynamic, which I think is like the best Bros part. Bros for of Bucky. life. Yeah. So um, he like says goodbye to old friend and new friend. Yes. Uh, and then like steps into the time machine and Smart Hulk is there and Smart Hulk's like, yeah, he'll be back in just a few seconds. But he doesn't come he back. He does not return. He does not come back. And they wait and they wait. And then they look over and apparently very quietly, <laughs> an old man has walked up and sat on a bench nearby. Or he's been there the whole time. I guess like that's like the strange thing about time travel, and I have no idea how that works. So if you are yes. a quantum physicist, write us, won't you? Yeah. Would Would he have been sitting there the whole time? How quietly or did, he, did he need to walk there? Yeah. As an old man. Um, I think the idea that would be he would have been there the whole time, but because the the uh, yeah I don't know. In any case, um, they see that there's this old man sitting on the bench by the lake, like Indeed. old men do. Yes, exactly. Like he is it's very old man thing to do. Consummate old man. He's wearing he's wearing like some khakis and like oh, one of the, one of those like kind of windbreaker jackets. It's yes. not exactly a, a windbreaker. Mr. Rogers sort yes. of jacket. Um, and we go over and instead of de-aging folks, Marvel has decided that they want to make Steve Rogers old, and it is in my mind extremely effective. Oh, it looks right. Yes. it looks good. It he looks like like old. This answers my question about whether or not Captain America ages, mm-hmm. which is good. Yes, he as, as though ages. actually, you know what? Also answered that question was when young Captain America <laughs> <laughs> nearly killed him. That's true. Uh, yeah. That probably answered my question better. Um, but he definitely ages. Like he is an old man, and he just kind of like smiles at Bucky and uh, and Birdman Sam. I think that they even ask him, like, "Can you tell us about what happened?" And he's just yeah. like, "No, <laughs> no." Yeah, he refuses to tell them. He's just like, "I." He just like had a reason to stay back. It's so good. And he gives uh, he gives Birdman Sam his shield, and you're like. This is the real dream that I didn't even know I had. Yeah, is yeah, but I hope he doesn't stop being Birdman well, Sam. Well, so my question, my number one question Captain, coming out Captain of this: Captain Birdman, are they going to juice him up? 
we'll find out is when that, is that something that the government is when, like okay still doing when falcon and the winter soldier comes out we'll find out how they feel about those steroids i i'm genuinely curious um so yeah he gives the the uh the shield to sam and we get like a nice little send-off there but the movie's not over yet. No, because we return. The year is 1949. The place, Washington, D.C. And the we get more like, specific place, a small home. Yeah. We get this nice shot of like this kind of like camera moving up through this window. And there's a record player going and there's some music playing. Old-timey music. Old-timey music. Like those old-timey people like. For old people. Uh, and what do we see? And we see Captain America dancing with Peggy. As, as, as Steve Rogers, guy. as a normal dot, yeah, just living Who a normal life. Who just happens life. to be hilariously jacked, yeah. And, and they're, dancing they're dancing in like their living room to a record. We cut to credits, and if you're me, you are emotionally moved, yeah. And then there's a credit sequence that involves the signatures of the key actors that I really I dislike about this. It's so bad. It <laughs> it's is so bad. bad. Oh my god, it's, it's so, so bad. bad. I like the idea of it and I understand like these people have been in for this ride and like I think we do need to pay tribute to Robert Downey Jr.'s efforts just like I think that everybody who participated did a great job, but man, I don't know if this is it. Anyways, it's, it's most, just like, wanted to say. It's the most like I took my comic book to Comic-Con and they all signed it kind yes, of thing. Yes. It's just like it like it like it like cheapens the entire experience to such I, a well, especially when you come out of it and it's like that real emotional hit with the Steve Rogers thing and then you're just like oh you're doing this thing why'd you do this I agree kind of weird anyway Matt what did you think of this movie I think that this is um almost the best version of what it is oh it definitely what it, is. what it could be I don't think it is the absolute best version but I think it is it is not one Despite my complaints, I I am astonished that this happened. That like that this yes. wasn't a complete mess. Yes. It's actually it's like it's it, in the world of filmmaking. The fact that this worked is 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 incredible, and I can't believe that like when we started this this adventure, so to speak, I would say so over a year over a year, a year and a half ago. Yeah, a year and a half ago we started this. I never would have anticipated one that I'd be so excited to watch <laughs> Adventures Endgame. Um. But even more so, I never would have anticipated that like I would have been as moved as I was. That's it. Uh, regularly in various ways throughout this movie, despite this movie being in many ways like kind of like, I even think that like there's parts of it that try to move me and fail to move me, but it still moves me so much. And so there are parts of it that are bad. Like yes, there are there parts, are parts of it that, that I just don't think are very Tokyo. good. And they just don't <laughs> even matter. They just, no. they, it just doesn't matter. Because it pulls off so much. It pulls off like the hat trick in a way that like nothing has ever done before. I'm, there's, nothing, there's nothing like this TV. We've been comparing it to a TV show, yeah, I, but I, no TV I has agree. actually done this. And I, I can't even explain why. I was trying to explain to I, my wife I don't, and I, I couldn't don't quite why put my either. finger on it. But there is something it's, about this that makes other efforts like this okay so here, our, our here. tv metaphor has crumbled agreed in the process of watching I, these so okay when i was in japan we went to the todaiji which is this really this like temple that has one of it's one of the world's largest buddhas it's just a big buddha yeah. right and we're there and my wife said like it's really surprising how something that you've seen a lot just being really big is emotionally powerful yeah and i keep thinking about that in relation to this movie because like yeah it's just a tv show and like yeah i've seen science fiction stories told before and yeah i've seen recurring cast like i've seen all of this right like there are book series that tell stories equivalent to this in a serialized way but the the sheer audacity to do it at this scale there is something fundamentally impressive about that 
and it does elevate and it. fundamentally moving and yes and yeah. it does elevate it and i understand that yes it's purely consumerist and yes it's this huge i get it like i get it i think that but like to a degree be, it, it surpasses the consumerism in its sheer audacity that's it it's, and that it is in, in many ways it is it is unlike any consumer product previously and so it becomes something that should not exist. If the same way that like a David Lynch movie is kind of something that should not exist. Yes. Yeah. If you made this and you were purely callous, which I think is what I assumed about these movies previously, and what I think that generally detractors assume about these movies, and that's not to say that you could watch all these movies and still hate them. Like, sure, you could, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't think you were an idiot. I no, would just by think no means. Like, yeah. you know, whatever. But I do think that the detractor thinks this is a purely marketing motivated toy tie-in this is what i thought business thing. <laughs> yeah. right but yeah. then honestly it couldn't work it wouldn't be successful if that's all it was at the scale that it is and it wouldn't exist at the scale that it does if that's all it was yeah like there and for all of its failings and there are movies in here that are bad and there are parts of this movie that are just not very good. And like even like Captain America's like rousing speech that he gives, I think is kind of like a little weak. The Avengers Assemble is kind of a dumb like Oh, but you kind of want it. But like, you know, that's it. Like it's you're going to have parts you like, you're going to have parts you don't it's like. It's an extremely pandering movie that somehow manages to But it is audacious as yes, hell. Yeah. And, and like, you know what? I I the thing that really kind of sticks with me about it I think that there's this sense that, and I think I was fearful of this before I did watch these, where it was like, all movies are going to be these now. Everybody's going to try and do it. Yeah. And I think that we've seen everybody try to do it, and yes. nobody is doing it. No, no one's actually Disney do themselves it. couldn't do it again with Star Wars, and they had Star Wars. Yeah. And I think that that is... The thing, if you are out there and you're like, I hate the Marvel movies, guess what? The best thing to give you hope would probably be watching the Marvel movies because I guarantee you'll watch this and you'll be like, nobody else is doing this. Yeah. Nobody else is even, nobody else is in the same airspace. Like nobody is trying it at this level with this amount of effort, with this amount of skill, regardless of whether or not they're all good. And retroactively, it makes you realize that a movie like Iron Man is outright scrappy. <sighs> and like just like this young thing getting in the <laughs> ring and just like trying it out and it's you crazy. don't expect it to succeed. And it doesn't fully succeed despite being our number one uh, after Captain America. Uh, by Soldier. which you mean our number two. Our number two. Uh, <laughs> by which you mean objectively not what you not, said. Yeah. Um, but like the, just the, that in many ways, like, the risks taken with that movie were enormous and it's hard to remember that it's now. It's crazy. That that was, like, even just having Robert Downey Jr. It's didn't, crazy. Didn't they have to, like, didn't John Favreau or somebody, like, yeah, have like to they pay had to for his, his insurance? Yeah, outside of, like, the normal system because he wouldn't get insured. Yeah, because they, like, no one wanted to cast him. Yeah, it was, like, out of pocket. And, like, here he is just making me weep a little bit. <laughs> RDJ. You're getting, moved. You're getting moved by him hugging his dad. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. Like, I... Other people are going to try. And yeah, it sucks that a bunch of people are going to spend a bunch of money trying to do this. But I guarantee you nobody else is going to do this. The question is, will Marvel I don't even, with phase whatever I be don't able know to that do they it? can. Maybe they can. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious to see how they start to kick things off because I think that there's going to be there's got to be something at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home oh. that like that like hints at what's next because they can't leave us hanging two in a row with no Damn. with no stinger, right? There's got to be a stinger that's just like, "Hey, glimpse this giant thing." Because they've got to give us the big, the big hook. I don't see like it. I do think like the problem you run into with all of this, like, I mean, 
the infinity stones are so massive mm-hmm. that it's like, what are you going to show me now? Another infinity stone? They'll find a way. This is what this is what comics have been doing literally for 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 uh, like decades and decades and decades and decades. Is that they they're always they're always finding a way to revert and revise and one up. Do you think that old Steve Rogers ever appears again? No, I think that I think that his contract is just done. I think Evans is is out. I think that he and and Downey Jr. just like were were pretty done. That was it. And I don't I don't blame them either. No, I mean, yeah, you know, I don't enough. I don't feel like they did like they they never phoned it in. Yeah, he was always like I, I think Robert Downey Jr. was always like very in, invested and involved. I think that there were times when like Evans is on record saying that like he is he like appreciates it, but like is kind of it's re- a little bit ready. of an albatross. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and understandably so. I mean, not that I think that that guy has like incredible range as an actor, but like I can imagine getting kind of hungry for something new. Oh, I mean, you know. And you're financially free to try whatever you want. Like, yeah. It, I think it's probably hard to stick around. But at the same time, he did a good job. He did a fantastic job. They all, they all really, with the exception of Jeremy Renner, they really all. Jeremy Renner did sells it. the parts he's given. I don't like Hawkeye, and I don't he like the things he's given. He doesn't sell the faux hawk. <laughs> I think it's fine. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what else to say. I, like, I don't either. And you know what? It, it's all worth it. And yeah, it's totally worth it. And what do you compare it to? There is literally nothing like yeah. it. It's like if, you know, if I, if a mythical creature showed up and you were like, well, is that like the best animal? You'd be like, I don't know. What, like it's but a it's dragon. Unlike, it's unlike any other right. animal and it is, it has me in awe. Right. Like what am I going to compare it and, to? And like mileage is going to vary on this. All I can say is like, for me, this was worth it. And I say that as someone who actively loathed watching both ant-man movies the first of yes. which made me actively uncomfortable to watch well my genuine fear with all of this was that we were just going to hate it and seem like we were real spoil sports and that people who like these things who are our friends were just going to resent us because they're going to be like you came into my house and then you just shit all over everything because you knew you weren't going to like it yeah and i think that the remarkable thing about it is like there's a lot to like here yeah. there's a lot of good there is some bad that's totally, and I think that we need to be totally aware of that and call it out. But then at the same time, it's like, you know what? You won me over. And uh, no higher compliment. If you're curious, try it. If you're curious, especially with Disney Plus, like if you wanted to just sit down on a weekend, I don't even know. It might, you could just mainline these for sure. It might kill you. Yeah. You might look like Tony also, after the snap if you did it. <laughs> I don't recommend doing that. I am so glad that this took us a year and a half, and I'm so glad that we paced ourselves with Ugh. some long breaks due to it's various COVID, yeah, uh, pandemics. Um, I'm so glad that we took our time with it because I think that that only escalated. Like my one regret with all of this is actually that we did not do this in real time. Which is obviously until we find the Infinity Stones, we can't go back and do it in real time. (laughs) But our quest is not ended. That's true. Uh, In the meantime, do you want to try and rank it? I'm going to do my best. All right. So what is the current canonical list of the Marvel films? At number one, we have Iron Man, the first Iron Man. I'm just kidding. No, that's that's inaccurate. (laughs) And number one, we have Captain America, Civil War. Hell yes. At number two, we have Iron Man, the first Iron Man. At number three, we have Black Panther. At four, we have Spider-Man Homecoming. Five. <laughs> that that top five is stacked. Oh, <laughs> dude, five is Captain America: Winter Soldier. That's a real problem. <laughs> uh, 
Number six is Avengers Infinity War. Seven is Guardians of the Galaxy. Eight is The Avengers. Nine is Iron Man 3. Ten is Avengers Age of Ultron. Eleven is Doctor Strange. Twelve is Thor the Dark World. Way too low. But <laughs> Way we, too low. We got to respect that other people disagree, and that's why it was reflected we never, here. We'd never revisit. Uh, 13 is Captain America, except that, that one time that we did. We did. 13 is Captain America, the first Avenger. 14 is Iron Man 2, the most important film in the Marvel Universe. At 15, we have Thor Ragnarok. 16 is Ant-Man and the Wasp. 17 is Captain Marvel. 18 is Thor. 19 is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. 20 is Ant-Man. And then at number 23, we have The Incredible Hulk. So where does Avengers Endgame fit on this list? It is better okay. than Infinity War. So that's I was just going to say, it has to be top five because it's better than Infinity War. Well, unless it's six, but I, I think it's better than Winter Soldier. I think it is too. It's weird. It's not like as a standalone film better than Winter Soldier, but it's like if you like Winter Soldier, you're going to like this one more. Yeah, the so, cumulative impact of it is greater. Is than it better Winter. than Spider-Man? Yes. Yes. Is it better than Black Panther? I don't think it is. Ooh, really? So, and I have an argument for this. Is that T'Challa's not in this one? He's not in it enough. <laughs> yeah. He's not in it enough. <laughs> not I think I think that like what this what it comes down to is like like if we look at just like full emotional impact of this movie and Black Panther, the ending of Black Panther always gets me because of Michael B. Jordan's so good. character. And I think that like the one fault with Avengers Endgame is that Thanos is a lesser character. He is not as interesting. He is not as complicated. I don't really care about him. And so as a result, I am less invested. Like, I think Josh Brolin is good. But as soon as we get past, like, like second timeline Thanos involved, he is just, like, he's just, like, on a, he's just on a streak. He's just, like, a cocky bad guy. Like, he's not interesting. There's nothing new there. And I don't think that, like, at the end of the day, I just... I don't think it's a, I don't think it's actually a better movie than Black Panther for all of Black Panther's third act problems and all the ways that this pulls off the third act. But I could be swayed. I can definitely be swayed. That's it's like it's right. Compelling. It's on a knife's edge. That's much more compelling than I expected it to be. I think it is just like the Thanos problem with Endgame, and it's uh, this is not a critique of Endgame. It is just a critique of Endgame in comparison well, the, the problem, to Black this Panther. This movie is is like as we were kind of alluding to, sort of impossible to rank because it's like, it is totally unlike any other movie I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's so reliant so, on those other stuff. And it's like, what is it? Right. Because like, it almost feels like it's number one, no matter what, just because it has to be, but it's not, it's, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not, not better than civil war. Cause civil war, not. civil war will always be, cause civil war is the one movie where you don't actually know how it's going to end. Civil war is so sick. And Iron Man, the first Iron Man has the energy <laughs> and like, has like the, just like foot, f- pure fun we're moving enthusiasm it never gets hung up on anything the no, only problem no, no. with that movie is like the very the end, end fight is not that good but they, no. they blast through it they don't even care yeah they, no the, clearly yeah that thing lasts like two minutes compared to that every, dude pops out yeah. of the ground and he gets punched a couple yeah. times and you're like all right that was back when they loved having things pop out of the ground <laughs> yeah uh, does anything pop out of the ground in this one uh clint does when he pops out of his rubble tunnel yep all right um i think i think it's at four I think that. <sighs> what are you feeling with it regards to black with regard to Black Panther? That's that I'm having a lot of trouble with it. Yeah. Talk me through. Let's, uh, let's I mean, do this in real what, time. I guess what, like what I feel is that Black Panther is better, but 
the and I do I I'm totally with you on that emotional hit at the end of Black Panther yeah. being like it's not as consistent as like all the emotional that's, hits. That's the issue is I only Cumul- get one there. Yes, and then in this one yeah. I'm just like and that's like the perverse pleasure of this movie is that it is pure dopamine the whole time through and like even the lows are excited you know what I mean yeah. played for excitement in this way so it's like that's kind of cheating even, even if the highs and you know honestly Tony's death. Tony's death is really good. It might match the Michael B. Jordan moment. But the thing about the Michael B. Jordan moment is that they do that within the space of a single movie, which is like an accomplishment yes. in and of itself. Yes. And so like raw, like and this this brings home like the 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 flaw in this entire thing, which is that we like you can't we can no longer review these based on just no, what they are. We are now in but, the end game. Yeah. <laughs> in which the rules don't apply. Um dude, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I am. I'm actually. I'm leaning more and more towards putting it at three and putting Black Panther at four. Oh, see, so you almost. I'm. I'm going the other way. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking about like the cumulative That's cumulative it. hits. They're so it. good, but then I. I kind of wasn't thinking about. Uh, now I'm just thinking about Michael B. Jordan watching that sunset, and I'm like, oh. um, and like the callback to the fact that like his dad, you know, as you pointed out in the podcast, you were like, yeah, and his dad talked about the sunsets when yeah, he was a kid. It's good. It's like that man. That that just like that all locks together in such an emotionally satisfying payoff. I don't. But I think I think that we are if we are, and I'm I, I I'm reversing on this. Okay. I think that it needs to be at number three because I think that if we are reviewing this honestly and in in with in like in, in this case honesty means being open about the fact that like we can't review these as individual movies. We cannot do that. It's if, impossible. If I am caving to the parts of me that appreciate the fan service, I like Endgame more. If I'm trying to be my objective movie reviewer hat on. Go into the movies. Yeah, I would pick Black Panther. I think I think at this point we have removed the movie reviewer hat to a degree, and I don't know whether we can go back. Yeah. So, but I don't know if T'Challa shows up in this one, and I get real excited. I know. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I know. I know. The fact that yeah that we want to have a Black Panther too also actually makes me now I'm back at one. I'm putting it at four. <laughs> let's let's put it at four. All right. <laughs> yeah. Avengers Endgame is at four. Avengers Endgame is at four. All right. R.I.P. Chadwick. (laughs) Man, he swung us in the end again. Oh, God. All right. Here's the new ranking. Hit me. At number one, we have Captain America, Civil War. At number two, we have Iron Man, the first Iron Man. Three is Black Panther. Hold it. Feels right. It feels right. It does feel right. At number four, we have Avengers Endgame. At number five, we have Spider-Man Homecoming. Six is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Seven is Avengers Infinity War. Eight is Guardians of the Galaxy. Nine is the Avengers. Ten is Iron Man 3. Eleven is Avengers Age of Ultron. Twelve is Doctor Strange. Thirteen is Thor The Dark World. It keeps falling down the list, unfortunately. I I don't like it. Uh, (laughs) Lucky number 13. At 14, we have Captain America The First Avenger, followed at 15 by Iron Man 2. And then at 16 is our most controversial take, easily, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, definitely. Uh, at 17, we have Ant-Man and the Wasp. At 18, we have Captain Marvel, what could have been. <sighs> at 19, we have the original Thor. At 20 is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. At 21 is Ant-Man. At 22, we do not know yet, but we will find out soon. Mm-hmm. And at number 23, no longer that far away, is the Incredible Hulk. Crazy. Yeah, we've come a long way. One yeah. more movie. One more movie. Man. 
I'm excited for one more movie, but I am kind of sad. I am also sad. Um, Especially because coronavirus means that I won't get to just go see Black Widow. Yeah, true. Which is, is which will be interesting because although that kicks off the the new phase, it is it oh, will be kind of it will be kind of like a a memorial. Well, it's like a prequel. Like. It's a prequel. But I guess they could it'll continue somehow, to make Black ha- Widow movies. It'll have to somehow tie into. I think that she might be done after this. I think Scarlett Johansson might be done. That makes sense. After Black Widow, um, she's been in so many of these movies. Yeah, and I think that like it, I think that something in it will somehow tie into the future of the franchise. It, it almost has to, but that's also weird. Yeah, because it is supposed to is actively supposed to kick off the new phase, which is like a brand new saga, saga. Yeah, I don't know. That that is what I I'm curious about whether or not I actually care about Marvel mm-hmm. outside of these, or people. if I care about this. Well, they will continue. Team. They will continue to make Thor movies and Spider Man movies, and like I guess Smart Hulk movies. I don't know actually. Like what? I don't what do you? What how do you Ruffalo's. put that genie back in that bottle? Yeah, I don't know what Ruffalo's deal is with them right now. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely more Thor movies coming, and they've they've already started rolling out the TV shows that will follow. Yeah, that's that's almost too much commitment for me. Yeah, I don't have any desire to watch any of the TV. I shows. I mean, I kind of want to see Bucky and Birdman Sam. But like the idea of reviewing that, like, oh, I'm not going to review it, yeah. but I might watch it for my own my yeah. own enjoyment. I mean, we should. I mean, it would be fun to maybe at some point like watch the first few episodes and do it yeah and do a little little start screen in there for our consideration yeah bucky and birdman (laughs) um but this is this has been a journey that's not quite over yet we have one more trip to make one 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 more long strange yeah we gotta travel abroad i hear oh really yeah i think we're gonna go uh go on a field trip to europe oh i didn't realize that far from home man that's so fun yeah oh man i can't wait to watch it i can't wait too let's do it